0: Welcome to q and episode 314. I'm your host, Devil May Wheels, and with me, Zoe's...
1: Yanya Cabalista always... featuring FBM, David Rocky Fanboy Master.
0: I understood that reference, maybe?
1: I hope not. Yanya Caballista featuring Gahoo is weird and not very good.
0: I'm pretty sure I've heard that name before. Probably. Yeah. From you. From
1: me! Yes. Oh boy. Yeah, Yanya Caballista featuring Gawu, known in the states as Yanya Caballista, city skater. What the fuck?
0: Anyway, welcome to another <laughs> edition of Comic Talk. I mean, Q&A oh Quest. god. Uh, don't worry, I don't have. It's a light week this week. Just some <laughs> what did we get this week. Come on. <laughs>
2: you are already hearing wheels as
0: us <laughs> My pull list was Avengers number two, which actually didn't come out this week. I just forgot to get it and subscribe to it. The Heralds of Apocalypse, which is the thing.
1: So why did Avengers do another number one? Did they give a justification for that, or did they just do it?
0: I think they just do it whenever there's a new team. This team is uh, Captain Marvel, Thor, Iron Man, Vision, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, and Captain America. Specifically, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yeah, unsurprising
1: thing, given the, where the MCU is right now.
0: Yes, and a new Amazing Spider Man with Doc Ock shenanigans.
1: There Doc Okay, there's no way to make those so, things fit together.
0: It's, it's the superior comic book. Uh! I'll see myself out now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, I see the setup coming for the return of the Superior... Sub, I can't talk. Superior Spider-Man it is much better than I had feared, so that's that's the thing.
2: That's good, that's good.
0: And by much better than I feared, I mean actually somewhat good, so there you go. Uh,
1: wait for me when there's another Spider-Ham ongoing. It hasn't happened in a while. There was an when I
0: first returned to buying comics, like three and a half years ago, there was a nice run of that, and then that was it. Hasn't been
1: back. Maybe we'll get another another Spider Ham ongoing for Beyond the Spider Verse. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Just a one shot. Uh, yeah. So that's that's comics out of the yes, way. Video games. <laughs>
0: video games. Uh, what
1: have we been playing yes
0: i think we've gotten past the mountain of video game news for now actually
1: there's a bunch of stuff to talk about ftc versus microsoft but that's kind of it
0: i haven't been paying attention to that i lost interest don't worry i have okay good (laughs) everyone knows my stance on that them buying them is bad them buying them is also good and now I'm rooting for it to happen. Video games
1: are a land of contrast.
0: Yes. Anyway, I have been playing I spent most of the past weekend playing Final Fantasy sixteen, and I haven't played it in a few days now. Because um Monster Hunter.
1: You know, the usual things that happen. Yes. But we're not- Falco.
0: Yes, summer Falcon I have. What did play some East Nine on Sunday, and good I'll choice. be playing some Legend of Heroes this weekend. Hooray! The so wife is working, and I'm planning to mostly give the kids a relaxing weekend.
1: Good choice. So good it's choice. been a busy week. As much as I would like the long weekend, I have work on Monday. Sadly,
0: I do too. Although I'm pondering taking it off.
1: Yeah, I have to. I have to be on so that everyone else can take it off. So
0: nice! But Hooray!
1: Nice. Fall on the sword! <laughs> uh, yay! It's fine. I get a different day off. Oh, that's nice. Uh,
0: so yeah, Final Fantasy XVI, enjoying it a lot. Got unlocked a second um, set of abilities,
1: which is cool. The iconic powers.
0: Yes. Uh, the magic bits in the storyline continue to be intriguing and cool, and the game doesn't seem to want me to care about any of the supposed political intrigue I was promised, and I'm fine with that, because I don't care.
1: It's, it's, it's been weird. Like, I've been observing a front play, it, uh, and I did, I did lay hands upon a copy, uh, but, like, that just finished installing before we started, so I haven't actually touched anything beyond the demo yet. But the weirdest thing about it to me is the there's all this, like, world-building lore bullshit, and there's all this, like, quote-unquote political machinations that people, like, talk about. Like, it's really confusing, there's all this stuff happening, and it's like, none of it matters! None of it matters! <laughs> the core story is clive going to break mother Crystal. yes and i
0: think to me the whole point is like oh like the world's kind of messed up and that's why there's all this fighting and stuff the actual bits of the story I, aren't that important
1: like the like you could get by just saying a bunch of kingdoms are at war and that's really all you actually have to know, it seems like. And then there's just like a bunch of stuff happening around that doesn't really affect like that is just explications of all that lore.
0: Yeah, actually, I haven't even gotten to the mother crystal nonsense yet. But oh, I'm, I apologize. I didn't mean to do that to you. No, I made mean, that was, based on the trailers. You could yeah. come to that assumption.
1: Yeah, but yeah, like that's like that's kind of the, the core plot, and like I do feel like it was a weird choice to, like, it feels like just by observation, you have. The the large scale story that they like have all this they built this entire fucking real-time like codex that only lets you know things that are supposed to be relevant because it's like trying to convince you that this is like there's all this stuff happening. Like it feels like a lot of pageantry to explain that like there's a big world out there. But like the that macro scale exists to some extent but like the foregrounded storytelling is almost monomaniacally obsessed with Clive and like three other people and that's a really weird contrast
0: <laughs> most most importantly Sid who is a great Sid
1: there have been many powerful Sids over the years sure. welcome powerful new Sids Welcome. Giant reference to uh, FF Tactics Sid.
0: I appreciate this.
1: Also, I think his full name is Sidolphus. It is. Worst name in human history.
0: It probably is.
1: <laughs> I believe that was uh, true of FF Tactics Sid as well. Um, FF Tactics Sid. Uh... Well, there were more interesting characters in that game as well. Uh, Thunder God did uh, Thunder God Sidolphus Orlandu. <laughs> you remember that motherfucker? Vaguely. it not been con- a while. Con- condemned... Uh, uh, landed gentry. Uh, real old soldier. Condemned by history for having uh, sided with uh, Ramza during the War of the Lions. Lives uh lives dies in an ignominy for his part in it, despite his inherent nobility. Also made sure that anyone who managed to get to that point in the game without actually fully understanding the underlying systems, has someone who can solo the rest of the game for them. <laughs> You're a real one, Sidelphus. But yeah, it's it's a really odd set of choices that it's sort of bridging because there's like the really big picture and the extremely small picture and most of the in-between seems to be delivered in side quests. (laughs) Oi. Please go get us some dirt. There is at least one side quest where you just have to collect dirt. That was maybe... Okay. I should have cut that. (laughs) There's a lot of side quests in this. Like, I think the count that I heard is over seventy. I
0: haven't seen very many.
1: There's, there's apparently many, many of them. Open
0: up at some point. It's like a funnel. It never opens up.
1: It never opens up. It's split into like, it's like MMO quest zones. Like, you get to a point where it's like, now you're in the quest zone. And then you do a bunch of MMO quests, and then once you reach a certain point in the story, it tells you, Hey, if you do this story thing, all the quests you haven't done are gone.
0: I guess that's kind of like Final well, Fantasy 7 Remake, too.
1: Final 7 Remake had more uh, capacity to go back because of that, because you had the like weird chapter selector to let you go back for quests. Also, there's only like 15 quests in that game. We'll probably see a sharp uptick uh, in Rebirth's number of quests just by virtue of the fact that they apparently have 200 gigabytes that they feel they can fill.
0: Yes. I mean, from what they showed off, it definitely looked like it's going to be way more open.
1: It's going to be a big boy game. Yeah. And we get to still be confused by what the hell is going on with Bully and Hagen's legs. Sweet. It's fine. You go look at the official art, and you can see that he's sitting on top of a crystal ball. That's what that's <laughs> supposed to be. I could never tell as a child what the hell is happening. Me
0: yeah, neither. It can was just like a weird ball man or something. Yeah, it's like does he just floats. He just
1: not have legs. It's like now he's supposed to be sitting on a crystal ball of some sort. Oh man, I can't wait to hear like all the remixes of Cosmo Canyon. That's still one of my favorite fucking yes. Final Fantasy themes.
0: I can't wait for that.
1: Super fucking mournful version that you get when uh, you're hearing about the death of Red Thirteen's dad.
0: What
2: we've we've
0: shot on Final be... Fantasy XVI some more. I feel like I should say some nice things about it to bounce it out.
2: Oh yeah,
1: I mean, it's like, it's very presentationally nice. Music's great. Uh, I feel like it maybe needed less music than it has. Uh, it has over 200 tracks in its soundtrack, apparently.
0: That's fair. I well, probably
1: wouldn't have done that to a man who had cancer at the time.
0: Oof. Voice acting is very good. Hollywood asks, what did this monster ever do to you? Oh, he knows. He knows.
1: I'm not asking.
0: He um, fucked my shit up in in the earlier Monster Hunter game. That's what he did.
1: I'll, I'll take your word. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, like the the combat seems fine. My distaste for individualized cooldowns aside, uh, like there's there's nothing wrong with its presentation. Certainly, uh, it seems to do exactly what it meant to. Is I guess how I would describe what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Also, it looks like what on Earth. Ah, okay, okay, okay. but yeah, um, it's it's very much the game it intended to be, uh, regardless of your opinions upon about what that game should have been. Uh, I think we can have like a more nuanced discussion about what it's actually doing of course now that it's actually out there's some like the the combat is well put together i do question it's definitely the most tenuous claim to being an rpg that final fantasy has ever had in terms of things that were not explicitly not mm. rpgs uh, the normalization on the power curve is uh, quite aggressive. <laughs> it's very, it's it's a very weird thing to see. I guess the the way I would describe it is, Street Fighter VI and Final Fantasy XVI came out in the same month, and Street Fighter VI's story mode might have a stronger claim on being an RPG. Jeez. like a more a, a greater item economy a greater like amount of equipment customization uh, a, <laughs> a slightly more open quest structure it's, it's a weird thing to think it's not necessarily per se a bad thing but it is a weird thing and I do think that there are some aspects of 16 that were kind of easy slam dunks for making it feel more like an RPG that it doesn't really go for. Just a little surprising. Um, uh, one of the people in the RPG gamer chat. Uh, J. Kalai asks, what do you think about abandoning status effects in FF16? Uh, Rub in the face of a harmless Marlboro as your first fight is insulting something. I wouldn't call it insulting, but I would call it a curious choice. Yeah. I think As I was getting at, I think that if you just added status effects and elemental affinities back in, you would have both a you you would kind of fix a few of the things that make it feel very tenuously an rpg because you have the addition of like icon abilities do more than just your If they were, if elements existed as a concern, elemental damage types existed as a concern in the combat. The icon abilities would suddenly have more to do than just being your preferred combo route, Uh, because you might want to switch to icon abilities that maybe weren't your preference because they have an elemental advantage over what you're fighting. Like that feels like a no-brainer, or uh just adding in like status debuffs status effects of some fashion and allowing your party members like the people around you to come in and help you when that happens would probably make the game feel uh, less isolatingly and claustrophobically focused on just the one dude which is again one of the th- Bones of contention that a lot of like existing fans seem to take with it. So I feel like both of those things probably were ultimately, ultimately, they should have been factored into the game design. And I think that it was maybe a mistake to not include them. Uh, but you know, it's. It's it's definitely the game they intend to make. It's just that's for good and for ill. Uh, But yeah, I I do think that you put a Marlboro at the beginning, and it's called the Morble, I guess, because that's just the preferred translation for FF14. They called them Morbles, so in 16 they're calling them Morbles, which just feels weird because. A bunch of the other modern games say Malboro. And this isn't like FF12, where there were cactoids that were not cactuars and don't look like cactuars. Morbles just look like Malboros. They are just Malboros. But it's also super weird that like the first major fight you have, like the first boss in the game is a Malboro, and its bad breath just does damage in an area of effect cloud. Mm. It's a weird choice. It's a really weird choice. And I assume, in part, that was meant to signal that status effects are not something you need to concern yourself with for returning players. But you need to, like, those players are still being eased in, and you're still trying to sell them that this new vision that you have is interesting and something that they should want to follow you on. And so starting by showing this classic enemy, but without its most famous capacity, is a really, uh, I would say, a miscalculated choice. Uh, yeah, it's it's altogether, it's it's mostly just a, uh, it, it means relatively little, it's just a weird choice. Oh, I did see uh, something uh, from later in the game. Uh, during one of the icon battles that happens, mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit where, like, does it count as a fucking spoiler to say what icon you're playing as? No. Like, it's... is that a thing I have to pretend that's no. a spoiler? Yeah, so Ifrit, you're in Ifrit's form, and there's a bit where he just, like, turn, like something happens and, like, the camera's, like, sort of zooming in on him because he's, like, about to say something and so his, like, face turns uh, such that, like, it's in frame in the camera and he just says, ah, oh, fuck
0: as if and read? that was
1: one of yes, as if, Reed okay. and it was one of the most cosmically absurd things I'd ever
2: seen in my life <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: i've been i've been thinking about this repeatedly over the past few days that every final fantasy game that's been rated m wears the m rating like an ill-fitting coat and the only one it kind of works for in my opinion is stranger of paradise because stranger of paradise is so married to the absurd excess (laughs) of its aesthetic like it's so it's so all in on its own, like total excess. That's yeah. like okay, yeah. You're just do- you do you. Final <laughs> Stranger <laughs> of Paradise. You're you like being weird. You do you. I need to uh, play more of
0: that game. Okay, you know, okay. You know what? I'm just gonna fucking stream that game <laughs> after this. <panel. laughs> <Fuck it.
1: laughs> but yeah. yeah, but then you get to you-, you look at 16 and it's like all of the all the segments where someone says fuck. I'm just like man. I remember being seventeen too. It's it's just it's very funny to me. (laughs) But like you just have Ifrit (laughs) turn to the camera and say ah fuck. Uh incredible.
0: If they ever had do a Stranger Paradise sequel of some kind, they should have an Ifrit turn to the camera and just say chaos.
2: Oh
1: that's incredible. (laughs)
0: Um, let's see. Uh, the, is that you, uh, Joe? Is Joe in voice chat?
1: Yeah, I assume that would see that we saying is. chaos over and over. Uh,
3: well, um, Tam said he wasn't coming, and then I wasn't sure if Gaijin had recovered yet. So
2: yeah, and I'm was, wide awake because I
3: just ate dinner two hours ago, and sweet. I and Maybe I, not I, sweet. yeah,
1: I can talk. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna hit uh, a couple of these questions that just appeared in the well, RPG. Well, can that. I just say? Did you okay.
3: look at Ask Wheels chat recently? Typical Somebody said,
0: behavior, hey. encroach on y- an animal's territory. You know, So it, first, and um, label a
1: monster when it defends
3: itself. So somebody said, What did this, quote, monster, unquote, ever do to you? Oh,
1: yeah, that was. Wheels did respond, and his response oh, Okay, was so, so was then
3: uh, <laughs> typical human behavior encroach on an animal's territory, attack it, then label it a monster when it defends itself. <laughs> You're okay, a monster. Okay.
0: To, mean, to hit a couple. Do you actually... <laughs> I'm sure there's actual, like, Monster Hunter lore that it's the other Yeah, one Yeah,
1: I'm yeah, patently unwilling to sit through that. I'm going to hit some of these questions that have appeared in the gamer chat. Okay. <laughs> Lame on me. Uh, Okay. Thank you for addressing... Does it feel like they backpedaled... backpath the rest of the games around some icon fights? I definitely think that, because of the way the story seems to be structured, they kind of structure like, they had these icon fights as, like, big like, climax points that they needed to put space between and, like, trying to find like, it feels like maybe the gameplay and story were structured in ways to connect these in a reasonably logical sequence. Like, that definitely feels like that's quite possibly how that entire uh concept was uh maybe conceived way back in the uh early stages because those would also have been probably the most expensive parts of the game to make as well (laughs) uh so you would definitely need to have those uh planned out very early in the process uh just to make sure that they, the, this thing that was already going to soak up a disproportionate amount of the budget was not going to soak up even more because you suddenly found that the story that you had written didn't have space for X, Y, or Z, so you were going to need to re, rejigger things. Like it very much would have likely been that those were sort of the guiding points that the game was built around. Uh, what do you guys think about how the empty world got populated in a sort of procedural way. They try to make exploration meaningful only through quests. I think it was mostly, it's a team that just got done doing MMOs. And in that sense, it feels like the world was populated in much the way that you would populate an MMO, where you make sort of a zone, and then you put quests in there, To sort of fill that out, like, you can see the same kind of philosophy in a lot of uh, RPGs as of the past, you know, over the past 10 years is like MMO elements have sort of encroached to uh, single player games, Xenoblade has bits of this, uh, just, just in general, like this idea of like, uh, or uh, I recall criticizing early this year Dragon Age Inquisition for having a lot of the same issue. You like, you make a zone, and then you sort of put content in it or that uses it until it sort of feels like enough. And uh, in 16, it also feels like there's the competing uh, thought process of we also have like a bit of lore about this area that we've come up with. And we need a place that will tell you what it is. And so they stuffed that into a side quest. And that seems like the three the, the three competing ideas that determined this entire quest structure. But I, I do I think, think that... Were, okay. yeah, I,
3: was say, I, I had to bring some people soup in that game. Yeah, actually, you, you bring people it was soup.
1: kind of fun. <laughs> you bring people soup, there's at least one side quest where you just have to find dirt. Uh, yep. one guy needed wood and I thought <laughs> but then you uh, you beavis.
3: I thought I I thought I had to actually go into the forest and chop down a tree but no I just had to take 20 steps and grab a piece of lumber for him yeah, yeah. that's kind of a
1: lot of the especially allegedly the, some of the quest design gets a little more exciting later in the game but definitely in the early going it seems to be a lot of talk to this person then talk to this other person then talk to the first person and uh, that, that can definitely be uh, highly variable in quality depending upon how many, uh, depending upon how exciting it was to talk to person A and B. But it, it does feel like maybe with with all the emphasis on the action combat, they maybe should have foregrounded like dangerous monster hunts as like their default quest type. But I would imagine that that would have taken. They they would have wanted to make unique monsters for that, and that would have taken too much time and budget. So those that didn't end up getting foregrounded, especially not early in the game. It's hard to say. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very much uh, I would say. There's definitely an MMO design philosophy in how some of the areas got sort of made and then populated but I also think that one of the issues that's causing this to be such a bone of contention is just, uh, is one, that there's not a lot of ways that the game has to reward you because they've scaled back. Like, there's not a lot to spend money on. There's not a lot, you can't really break the crafting system. There's not a lot to craft. There's not an entire party to outfit. There's not a lot of equipment to give you. So, like, the side quests have to be intrinsically interesting to work. And the response to them is going to be highly variable because a lot of them are just background world lore. And how much you care about the world of, like, these rando areas of the world of Valestia is going to vastly determine what you get out of those. Sorry I feel like me. I was
3: playing 14 at times. You it's, know? So it's far. Definitely,
1: uh, it's definitely from it's definitely yeah. from that 14 team.
3: And I don't really mean it as like an insult or compliment or anything, but it's it's just that it's those just quests good. I just yeah. described, that's like 90% of the quests in 14 is like go kill five of these, go collect six of these. And but then when I'm in when, like when I just did like the forest area. Like, and there's like dragons and wolves and shit, and it's like I kind of felt like I was doing one of the instanced dungeons in 14, you know? And especially when you get into these boss fights and you've got to like keep moving and make sure you stand in the right spot when they telegraph their attacks and all that, and it's like, yeah. So,
1: yeah. I do think there's maybe uh, to some extent a miscalculation of how much players would be willing to accept that kind of quest when they mm. aren't playing a game with their friends. Yeah, because but... any any which way you look at it, these are definitely one of the more uh, disliked aspects of the game. Uh, like people, sometimes like people have varying opinions on the lore, but the actual quest design itself is generally considered to be one of the weaker aspects of the game. And I do think that they may be a little too much the the. MMO style quest design would be uh, considered satisfying enough essentially as an end unto itself. And the intrinsic differences of how people approach games that they are playing by themselves versus games they are playing with other people.
0: Another comment. In I'm the one of those people chat. who
1: only.
3: Yeah, I'm just saying I was one of those people who played 14. Mostly solo. I only played with other people's when it made me. So uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I like 15 so far. Yeah, I do have a. I 15, don't have a strong opinion uh, yeah. about it yet, but I kind of like it because it. Yeah. So it reminds me of 14. Not always in good ways. Not always in bad ways. You know. You mean six um, yeah, times? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 6 whatever. But yeah, it, it definitely a... is clearly the product of the same hands.
3: Yeah, I, I I did kind of pick up on that now that you mentioned it. And I mean, for me, it's like so far, I like the story and I like the combat. And that's really, those are the two important things for me in an RPG. Those, those
1: are definitely the things they put all their chips on. Like, right, you're right. If you yeah. Because if, if either of those breaks down for you, then this game is not for you. Because exactly. there's nothing else in it. Right, um, exactly.
3: exactly. <laughs>
0: um, Jay Kalai says, doesn't sound like this is going to drive PS5 sales. I
1: don't don't think think it needs to, by virtue of the fact that the PS5 is in this very strange place where people buy it even though there's nothing to play on it. (laughs) Like, Like, nothing exclusive, I should say. There's, like, so little that's specific to the system, but month after month it, like, posts, like, truly absurd sales. And I'm just, at this point, I'm just like, I know you people have other things to spend your money on. I don't know like I don't even know what's on the horizon for it at this point that would be driving sales it's uh, it's genuinely confusing to me I mean, it, at least
3: with Xbox as of now it seems like there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline but yeah because they like PS5 they, is like has like Sony was really dialing it in last month with their presentation it's like what Like, you don't have much to offer now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because, like, with with Microsoft, the issue they've had is that for the past three years, they haven't had much strong to start the generation and not consistently. But when you look at, like, their late 2023 through 2024, it's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that's supposed to be coming out in that period. Like, there's things coming.
3: At 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 this point, people who don't have either system... I would think that they'd want to get an Xbox at this point, if they don't you already think, have would think, at this point, I think that <laughs> the... PS5 is still outselling it, like, two to
1: one. It's like, okay. The, the fact that people see it... Uh, it to some extent, it's, I think in part because it was obnoxiously hard to get for so long, it's not super difficult to get a PS5 at this point. Like, you can just get them now. Yeah, But I do think that there's a certain degree of people are more likely to say, like... If they're thinking about getting a console and they see a PS5, it's like, oh, I should grab that because that that used to be really hard to get, right? And there's, there's like this, okay. yeah, okay. this okay. perception yeah. of like, well, I better get it now because it's going to be a pain in the ass if I want it later. Uh, the, but the but the other thing I would say is that Sony definitely had s- stuff that you could play on PS5 that wasn't PS5 specific, but was positioned as like a PS5 game. Like even though. All of their big third first party games in major franchises like Horizon and God of War, they both they, they came out on PS four, but they were they were positioned as PS five games, even though they're they're very much PS four games that have upgrades to be on PS five. Uh, they they very much feel like but at that point I, I don't it doesn't feel like they have much left. Like those franchises are done not done in the sense that they're not coming back but done in the sense of like you did this and we know they take five years to make and you don't have a lot of other franchises that you've been keeping going to go alongside them so you've got spider-man 2 and then it feels like question marks. I don't know what their play is for 2024 at all. I don't know what their play is in fall, other than Spider-Man 2, which I care about, and it's going to sell like gangbusters. But that's one game. Uh, and like you know, it, it's the same thing with like Starfield, but at the same time, uh, there is you know we we know a lot more about microsoft's 2024 than we do sony's at this stage i don't know like we we know some of their other things that are supposed to kind of carry the ship are in like some weird uh not not in a great place last of us factions we know had some sort of like major development issue that's a game they have never shown and only vaguely acknowledged a few times but then they also had to like Put out a press release to say it had been delayed, even though they had never actually given a release window for it. So that's probably not in a good place right now. No. Nope. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know where they, what their 2024 looks like. But luckily for them, right now it doesn't seem like it matters, which is really just a weird thing. Oh, FF Seven Rebirth. That's the other. That's their 2024, as far as I'm concerned, at this stage.
0: That's the reason I still own the system.
1: Yep. Yep. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things like momentum is kind of everything. Because momentum takes a long time to build, but it takes a long time to deplete.
3: I think you're uh, right.
1: Like we probably won't see
3: another full-length God of War horizon Mm. until the next
1: console, right? At least it'll be a very, like, if we're assuming maybe... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm expecting, like, seven years seems to be kind of the number that they're shooting for at this point. So, like, if we're looking at, say, 2027 for the PlayStation 6, then, you know, like, we're, we're maybe looking at a dual-release, early PlayStation 6 title for God of War 3 and Horizon 3. Like, I would assume somewhere within Naughty Dog, something resembling a non-multiplayer Last of Us exists. Uh, they they like to play coy about like, oh we we don't know if we'll make another last of us. We'd have to be sure that there there was enough plot to justify it. I don't personally buy that,, uh, but they want to make it, you know, seem more special, so it needs to seem less guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, in that but... particular
3: instance, the ending of part two is like, I don't really know where they're going to go next. Yeah, I thought you that game was have had a to terrible follow Ellie. Right. I know. So, I mean, I, I'm, at this point, I think, I don't know, like, I wanted Abby to die, but she didn't. So, it's like, well, I guess if I have to play as Abby in the next one, that maybe wouldn't be
1: so bad. But,
3: but yeah. I don't know. It's, I have no just... idea what they would do
1: in a part three, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of world out there.
3: I would prefer a new Uncharted game, but that's just me.
1: They've made very clear that internally in Naughty Dog, there's not going to be a new Uncharted. There's okay. been implications that, like, a third developer may be involved in a new Uncharted. Okay. Hopefully with but... the
0: main character.
3: Yeah, well, they, they kind of already said, though, Nathan Drake was done. A Thief's End, that was kind of the point. The datification yeah. of Uncharted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could still be his daughter, though. I don't know. I mean, I'd be fine with that. What if they did Uncharted, the movie, the game? And had Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland come in. No, no, that would be awful. I don't think there's a single
1: (laughs) human being off God's green earth that would want that. I'm kidding. (laughs) I figured you were. I'm just like, I just... To take that question as seriously as possible. I
3: don't want to I I I would um, play it. I was making fun of Street Fighter,
1: the movie, the
2: game. (laughs)
1: Listen, please refer to it by its Christian name that it received in Japan, Street Fighter, the real battle on films. <laughs> sure. What a name. What a fucking name. The real battle on films. What, what
3: You know what I want, though? I want a sequel to Sackboy, A Big Adventure. That's my favorite PS5 game so far, honestly. That
1: was Sumo Digital, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cute. been three
3: years, and, it you know, I'm just... It's a relatively
1: smaller scale though. game. If you're gonna I get know. something that ha- takes less than three years, you can. That would be the one. I
3: thought. My thought exactly is that that's something you can probably pump out in two or three years, maybe. I don't know. Just I Some reuse of all those assets. And then, what's um?
1: Housemark working on? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Jake. I asks what's your what are your Twitch handles, gents? Time to log off. <laughs> Uh, so, Ask Wheels is mine. Yeah, twitch, Twitch.tv/AskWheels. Joe streams at Smoke and Joe Gamer, I believe. And I basically never stream, but occasionally you'll see me at twitchtv slash <laughs> But yeah. Man, I was, I was, I did a quick run through of FF One over the weekend. And I'm always just flabbergasted at how long the epilogue trying to explain the time loop is. Like, it's so long. It's so long. It's so many... It's just reams of text for this thing that was not really relevant to the proceedings and doesn't actually explain anything. The time loop doesn't seem to do anything. You... Beat Garland's ass. He gets thrown back in time. He throw he helps send the four fiends forward in time. Who then their deaths send you back in time, so that he can fight you. And he sort of implies that this has happened a few times, where like the Warriors of Light get to him and then die, and then, but by the time he's 2,000 years later, the, like Garland is. I, I don't. Like, the entire time loop doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, I thought this Stranger of
3: Paradise manage? was like a retelling of the first game. It is not.
1: Oh, okay. It is adjacent to the plot of the first game. And it sort of is positioned as like an alternate universe prequel.
3: But they have more advanced technology. It's
1: what more advanced technology? So doesn't he listen
3: to like? Yeah, doesn't he have like an iPod or something?
1: Oh, that shit. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be from some other world, so it doesn't matter.
3: Sh- okay, sure.
1: But the other, the other broader point is that uh, Final Fantasy One doesn't really have a consistent idea of what its technology level is.
3: Oh, okay. that's true.
1: It's max. The fucking Sky... There's Max. The Sky Castle sends you to fucking space. It's uh, it's actually not until uh, FF2 that we got a pure fantasy, Final Fantasy.
0: Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy is usually kind of all over
1: the place. Thanks for listening, J. Kalai.
0: Yeah. Stop by again. Yeah. We appreciate you.
1: But Yeah, I think... uh... I think Final Fantasy, like, it, it, it's, it's weird because some people consider, like, the pure fantasy aesthetic is, like, the classic identity of the franchise. But very, very, very few games actually adhere to it. Mm. Like, two might be the only ones. Two dot, 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 dot maybe three if you're being generous like it's it's got more it's got multiple worlds so like it is fantasy but it's a little weirder of a fantasy what and then exactly four is, i mean um
3: yeah. me, what exactly is mystic
1: quest how does that fit in it was someone in japan thought that the reason that final fantasy didn't sell as well in the u.s as in japan was that the games were too complicated, and they needed to make a dumbed-down Final Fantasy that would uh, sort of teach US players how to play Final Fantasy. And so Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was made and released in Japan as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest USA. Because... It was it was meant to be the baby game that they made for Western players who didn't understand RPGs well enough.
3: Now, is that a pure fantasy or no?
1: That's a pretty pure, pure bare bones fantasy. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't have a lot of plot to begin with. Yeah. Okay. But uh, like you look at Final Fantasy IV, and you have the Moon Whale. And like all the like the Tower of Babel or whatever that has all this like weird electro circuitry uh, in the in the backgrounds. Uh, five is definitely more uh, pure fantasy, but also has plenty of its own. Just generally being weird, and also again alternate dimensions. And then, by 6, we're in full uh, steampunk mode. Yes, Chaos. Um, But yeah, 6 goes full steampunk. 7 has, like, strong cyberpunk overtones. Uh, 8, you know, that's probably as close to modern as FF had been to that point, actually, a little in the future. Uh, 9 pulls back, but then you you know it has interplanetary travel and whatever the hell the invincible is uh 10, 10 is hard to map to any like clean fantasy or uh sci-fi distinction it's just off the map 13 uh, was mostly sci-fi i would say yeah thir- 13's mostly sci-fi uh with grand pulse is like the most like naturalistic fantasy that it has um, twelve. Twelve's definitely like bound by being an evil lease, which is always one of the more like ground level fantasy worlds. And then fifteen is very modernist fantasy. Uh, very like, and that was all. That was always what I liked about fifteen's aesthetic, was that you were getting the obvious and intentional tonal clash of like, Final Fantasy stuff, but it's also just, like, a road trip through the American South. <laughs> and, like, that's a wild, wild aesthetic clash that I fucking love. It kind of works, though, you know? It, it, it's on... a really neat combination yeah. of, like, you yeah. can have the the, like, the joy of just being on, like, a weird road trip, but also and like, oh, our car broke down and we have to push it to the nearby uh, garage not just because oh, well, we need to get where we're going but also because, man there's just a lot of like fucking monsters out at night and we don't want to be a part of that (laughs) I think that's a really neat contrast
3: No, I thought it was really neat and I thought,
1: oh, it's my country this time, wow It's America America I love how much 15 is a road trip to the point where you'll like you pass by this giant ass crystal across uh, along the road and pronto it's like can we stop so that I can take like a picture of us in front of the giant crystal. <laughs> I like, that's so good. I want to see but... the
3: world's largest ball of twine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's basically what this is. But yeah, like that's there's that's, that's a very there's a very fun like humanizing element buried deep within the fantasy that I was a big fan of, and yeah, and we get to sixteen, which is very definitely hewing to like the FF two levels of fantasy. Uh, very much uh, going for for you know, st- still certainly not exactly low fantasy, but it's very medieval Europe fantasy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, varying levels of fantasy and sci fi in different amounts over the course of the years has been sort of the. Like, everyone has a different amount of both. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Joe, what have you been playing?
3: Hey, oh, geez. Um, let me think for a second. Well, I, let's see, so on Friday I did stream some Final Fantasy 16, so that's the last time I played that, mm. Um, and then I, I think I mentioned already I did a full playthrough of Beyond Oasis, and I want to try yeah. to get into speedrunning that, um, and then earlier this week I did finally buy that Sonic Origins Plus upgrade for, it was a 10 bucks. And yeah, I tried I all of the, too. yeah I tried all of the game gear games wow. someone who grew up
1: with them I can give you uh, the short list of ones that are okay
3: oh, oh I found that out all on my own yeah no um so Sonic what was it sonic chaos was uh pretty good and yeah that
1: one's very that one's kind of short but it's it's pretty good
3: and then triple trouble. I couldn't beat the first boss, but
1: it seems one, better than the others. Yeah. In in Japan, that's Sonic Chaos too. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you if you get past it, you'll find a pretty similar quality of game to Sonic Chaos. I was uh, actually
3: kind of impressed with Sonic. Um, is it Sonic Blast?
1: Oh that weird-ass looking thing. That thing looks like a bootleg.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, but it's it's pre-rendered graphics and I'm like, "Wow, there's Genesis games that don't look this good." And I don't know, I played that a little bit and that was fun, but No, I when I started playing Sonic 2 on Game Gear, oh, I'm that like, one's oh bad. I was like, "Oh god, I as soon as the music played, I'm like, I remember this Ugh. that and game got is bad. The, it's way too hard boss, for some reasons." The first boss is just that claw crab thing in the ground and the balls have to hit it and they don't give you any rings and I'm like, oh, I remember this. Um, I actually, I distinctly remember a trip to Fenway Park in Boston with my cousin and my, <laughs> and my dad and my uncle and my cousin he was the only one I knew who had a Game Gear when I was a kid mm. and he had Sonic 2 and I remember playing it in the car on the way to Fenway Park.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I had a friend who had a game gear, which is why I was exposed to all of these. Uh, the The irony is Sonic One and two have master system versions where they're less like it's less zoomed in so you can actually see everything and they're generally more fun because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think those were actually included in Sonic Origins plus, which is a shame. Have they been it, in it, other yeah
3: collections they have okay okay and yeah, it, at least it's one still time. not so the it origins is still a great product i still think it's worth the money but it's still not complete you know yeah, there's still uh, a lot of missing stuff and and i'm just like you couldn't just do the Genesis version of Sonic Spinball. Instead, you get this Game Gear version that runs at about 15 frames per second. Like, no, I don't like, think Sonic
1: Spinball is already a game that needs all the help it can get. I, I know, don't know why you would a... use that version. <laughs> I mean, it's
3: already kind of a bad game. <laughs> I don't think
0: the point of Sonic Origins was to be a complete collection of all these old games. I think they just threw some of these in as an extra.
1: It's one of those things where, like, they just, like, the the addition of the Game Gear game feels completely at odds with the original product, because yeah. the original product was, like, here is Sonic 1, 2, CD, 3, and Knuckles with that, that have been, you know, redone in a new engine and are, like, as... That, like hardcore fans have very strong opinions about whether some of the like about some of the issues with various parts of these ports, but they were very much supposed to be sort of the the thinking behind the collection was to make definitive editions of these games. They've got the widescreen support that a lot of people really like. Uh, they have additional characters and such that you would normally have to get like ROM hacks for, so you can do like Knuckles and Sonic One, Tails and Sonic CD, that sort of thing. They've got. Uh, just general, like, a lot of little additions to make them feel like the most definitive versions of the game. And then you get these Game Gear games, and it's just like, this is a dump. Like, you've just dumped ROMs on here for no real reason other than to say, hey, there's more games in here. They took a dump on my heart, man. Yeah. Okay, it, hopefully it almost, not that.
0: It almost looks like they wanted to make the physical release more enticing. I don't know. But I, but I, I think there was it, enough on there. Already. No,
3: but here's the thing that made people angry is if you buy the physical copy oh, yeah. of See, origins it's, plus it's a digital, code. It's yeah, a yeah, digital yeah. code for all the game gear games and amy and yeah so I don't care. I don't, even
1: more perplexing I don't
3: care doesn't bother me I, I was i went digital to start with but you know it it's a
1: perplexing bother, choice it
0: didn't bother me yeah. either all the important contents on the cart
1: yep but uh, yeah, it's it's at best perplexing. Um,
0: but I did play this too, and I tried out Amy in uh, Sonic, Sonic and Sonic Three and Knuckles, um, which is always the one I go to first because Sonic Three was the one I didn't have as a kid, so I always like to play that. I one had the PC Sonic version. Three. Oh God, because I <laughs> played that one the least, so I know it the least. So, uh, and she's interesting. A little bit different from Sonic. A little bit different from Knuckles.
1: Just a little bit of extra flavor.
0: Yeah, she's got the like a spinning hammer th- attack. I assume uh, that she goes through out. Sonic
1: level
2: designs?
1: Uh, I believe, yes. Yes, she does. Fair enough. It would have been fun if she, you had the chance. Like that would be kind of a fun thing to add to one of these three releases. Just give the option for characters to go through each other's level designs, but there'd be probably a lot of recertification to make sure that they didn't break anything. So
3: her hammer can break all of the rocks except for the ones that only Knuckles' fist can.
1: <laughs> yeah, the ones that lock off parts yeah, of the level exactly. that are only for Knuckles.
3: Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that yeah they would be like oh Amy can totally do both, but of course that would. Be broken because there's times where Knuckles has to climb, you know, and yeah, yeah that doesn't work. But I swear, w- when you play as Knuckles in Carnival Night Zone, I swear it is possible to do Sonic's path in that level with Knuckles.
1: There's some there's some weird shenanigans that can get characters into parts of levels that they aren't supposed to, and I think that Carnival Night might actually be the one that's most infamous for it. <laughs> yeah. So.
3: I hate that zone. Um, but then, it's so exactly. Amy, Amy's um, aerial spinning hammer attack, if you hold it, it becomes a drop dash, basically, when she lands, mm-hmm. which is pretty neat. Yeah, so she, she's fun okay. to play, definitely. And and now you can play Knuckles in Sonic CD for the first time. Yeah. Um, no, and like you were saying about fuckers. ROM hacks, like, way back in 2006... I downloaded Sonic 1 and Knuckles the ROM hack and played it on a PC and it was like, oh, this is kind of neat, but it clearly wasn't designed for it because right in Marble Zone, you can just climb the wall and just fly over the top of the whole level. So,
1: yeah, all the I believe the ones the 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 port this is based on like the phone ports from like 10 years ago that were made by the people who would sort of form the nucleus for the Mania team. But I believe that that version uh, you can still do that, but like, there's actually like little hidden bonuses that only Knuckles can get at that they added to Marble Zone to make that feel less like, oh, you're cheating, and more like, oh, look at you. What a clever clogged you are. <laughs> but, yeah.
3: Well, and another thing that's cool, um, I didn't realize that some versions of Sonic 2 added an extra hidden zone within
1: the, uh, the cave zone yeah that's that's very specifically again something that the phone version did because originally at the bottom of that goddamn pit was just a a set of spikes that were inescapable Yeah, and this in in the cell phone version he managed to convince sega they managed to convince sega please just let us put hidden palace zone here So instead of you being absolutely fucking furious, it's like, oh, man, Hidden Zone. Nope. I
3: fell into it by accident, and it was the first time I ever saw it or played it, and I was like, what? What? And then I, of course, went straight to Wikipedia and was like, okay, so they added it in the phone versions that I did not play. Okay. Yeah.
1: Originally, they actually wanted to add a lot more content based on, like, Sonic 2 has tons of zones that are known to have been concepted briefly and then did not make it into the final game. Okay. Uh, Things with names like Desert Dazzle Zone, that sort of thing. But uh, they intended, like, they pitched the idea of, like, adding those back in as some sort of, like, bonus campaign or something, and it's like it was pretty firm about them not being allowed to make that many alterations to Sonic 2, so the, that idea kind of died.
3: The thing I read, um, I didn't do it yet, I don't know if I'm going to, but supposedly if you 100% the whole collection, you know, then you get a short voice clip of someone correctly pronouncing a particular... Zone, a Hmm. zone which I call Hydro City. Hydro City, yeah. Some people think it's hydrosity
1: Yeah, I I know those people. They're wrong. Those people are garbage. I've I've had rough. It's a bit rough. I've had this like, and yet it's correct. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Hydro City Zone. it's because it's like hydro and velocity it's it's like it's weird because like i've seen people argue that like oh it's like a pun it's like that's not really how sonic levels are named sonic levels especially at the time were just like place
3: oh, <laughs> like yeah. i think it's, place I think it's mainly, zone. but it's sega's own fault i think just for not putting a space between the two words i guess yeah which
1: creates this like inherent debate about like how would you pronounce that as one word oh hydrocity but, yeah I, i've always thought of it as hydro city Zone. it's never it, like it did not occur to me until like i saw people debating it that there was another way of thinking of it
3: so it's it's a city that's underwater hydro it's sec- city
1: it's a secret to everybody
3: yeah. <laughs> so no, so yeah, no, I don't regret spending the $10, it's just that some of the Game Gear games were about as good as I expected them to be. And uh, Yeah, I really let's...
1: recommend seeking out the Master
3: System version of Sonic 1. I would like to do that, because, yeah, I know that some of those games were also on Master System, and I think I played those versions at some point, and that's maybe that's why the Game Gear versions were a bit jarring. And, yeah. I think Sonic and
0: the Master- 2 is still bad in any form.
1: Oh yeah, Sonic Two is the weak link. Master System version of Sonic One was actually developed by Ancient, the developers of Beyond nice. Oasis. That's so, a good other
0: system. I like that one.
1: Yeah, and it has like probably the best use of the Master System sound chip, which is a really so like the Master System and the NES both have very simple sound chips, but it's very hard to make bass tones on the Master System because it's three square waves. And the NES, instead of three square waves, it's two square waves and a sawtooth wave, which allows you to have like a high note, high notes and low notes working in contact, in you know, in harmony, which just generally makes it so the songs feel like they've got a lot more of a full sound to them. But Master System Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, I mean, you get Yuzo Koshiro doing your soundtrack, and he will find a way to make just about any sound chip work. Uh, and he makes uh, he makes the master system work uh, quite well. Uh, the highlight is uh, Bridge Zone, which is a very bright, cheery little tune. Uh, what if... Sorry. No,
3: I, I just had a thought. What if um, Hip Tanaka, the guy who did Metroid, what if he did Sonic instead? Wouldn't that be... That would have been wild. I mean,
1: Hypnokas does, does a lot of great work.
3: Yeah.
2: Um,
3: but imagine like something similar to Crade's Lair in Sonic, <laughs> <laughs> the twelve-tone scale that doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. Man, that's a wild soundtrack.
2: Yeah.
3: Da 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 da. It's it's a twelve-tone scale, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really unique sounding track and a really impressive uh, yeah. <laughs> achievement given the situation. Also, I love that when he's releasing chiptunes, he calls himself Chip Tanaka. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. God, oh, man. I, I always, like, my greatest love for Hip Tanaka movie. will always be the uh, Super Mario Land soundtrack, which, like, there's only, like, five tracks on that, but they're all, f- like, eternally infesting my brain. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh that's also the one where for some reason instead of the traditional invincibility theme it played a variation of the can-cans <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah but yeah world, world two of super mario land in particular just nests in my brain forever yeah. Sorry, I'll stop. um that's, that's So good. Um, okay, so yeah, back, yes. to the,
3: back to the question of what have I been playing? um Yes, yeah, Sonic Origins. Yes, I, I streamed that for two and a half hours mm-hmm. on whatever day it was. I don't remember. Was it a some day? It was yesterday, right? Yeah. I go with yes. Sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. Not right? Uh, what else did I? Oh, and Resident Evil Four remake still didn't beat it, but I um, it that's what I was streaming on Tuesday, so I called it Terror Tuesday, and it was yes. Yeah, that's was fun. Resident... Um, so I had just beaten Salazar with the golden egg, of course. Such a great trick. It's great. And I made it to the, the island. And I and that the thing is, I had stopped. That was the last time I played. But then this week, I started playing again, and it's like, there's some interesting changes. Like, there's those turrets with the lasers that you gotta move. It's the like, laser oh,
1: turrets that you can absolutely lure things into, and they fuck themselves up. Yeah, I'm like, this is neat.
3: And um... And then I uh, had my first encounter with Mr. Regeneror. Regenerator. Oh,
1: those things are so much more of a nightmare than
3: they make. are. They really are. And you so you're running around in this area trying to flip different power switches, but you can only have power in half of the area at once. So you can either have power in the freezer or power in the dissection room. And, but there's one of them following you, and of course you don't have your magical infrared biometric scanner thing. So Not yet, anyway. So I wasted a whole lot of ammo and then reloaded the autosave because I'm like, he he won't die. And so at he one does, point but you probably want to yeah. use
1: some, some like super grenades.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is a total nightmare, and, and you get the key card, and you've got to keep... Going to different machines to upgrade it to higher levels, fine. And I uh, got to the part where Leon can't get, can't upgrade to the level three key card because he's like, "Huh, I need a screwdriver." I'm like, "Where the hell do I get one of those?" And it took me a long time to figure out that I, okay, it's inside the bodies of one of the regenerators in the glass tank. And it wasn't a yep. screwdriver; it was a wrench. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, great. But at at least I had the scanner and I'd gotten the other machine gun that you can attach it to. Plus I got that special auto rifle.
2: Yeah.
1: The other thing is that you get to... When you're looking at the regenerators in the tanks, you get a free shot on them before they get out. But unfortunately, the first time I stupidly... Like, How did you accidentally or, let multiples out at once?
3: I like so when the other enemies come rushing into the room, I threw
1: a grenade and yeah.
3: Oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh reload. <laughs> reload the save. Yep. Yeah, I
1: had that happen to me as well, and it was just like, oh, this is not a salvageable <laughs> like, I died. It was not a salvageable situation.
3: So just when I thought I had a handle on those nightmare enemies, of course then the spiky the ones show up. and so i got i I hit a point where i wanted to stop but i couldn't get back to the previous typewriter so Hmm. i'm like i guess i just have to keep playing fine (laughs) so i keep playing and of course i get to the room where ashley has to turn the wheel to raise the bridge and hold it there And then you got to go flip the power switch. But the second you do that, four enemies come running down the hallway to grab her. So it took me a a second to figure out, okay, yeah, I should probably kill them first before I proceed. And then, of course, another Regenerator comes crawling out of a pile of garbage. (laughs) But the second that he spawns in, a fifth enemy goes running towards Ashley and grabs her.
1: Yeah, part super mean.
3: So on my fourth or fifth attempt, I finally got the idea, oh wait, shoot one of the um, mine bolts at the ground so the fifth guy runs straight into it. Then you get all the time you need to kill Mr. Regenerator who turns into an Iron Maiden. And I shot him in the head multiple times with a fully upgraded skull shaker shotgun, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me.
1: His skull remained unshook. Right,
3: and so... That's yeah. So I finally got to the next typewriter and was like, I hate this game. And I'm looking to go back and finish that of course, but yeah, that was kind of a nightmare. On the bright
1: side, you're kinda out of regenerators.
3: Yeah, on the bright side the Um the two DLC guns are now fully upgraded including the unique upgrade. So that's that's fun. Um So yeah, definitely want to finish that And I did jump back into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Which I never finished And I'm right at the end of chapter 9 And hoping to finish that Because I did pick up 3 during the recent sale Nice And I'm going to do my own JRPG July Which means I'm going to JPEG July yeah, finish Sentinel Blade 2 so I could start 3 and then do more Final Fantasy 16. And I think I'd also, you know, we were talking about Sega games a little bit, so I would like to do Crusader of Senti, I think. Oh, that game's so good. I think that would be good. And that just got added to Switch Online, and although I do have the ROM and everything, so...
2: Yeah. Planning more
3: people on
1: doing should that. Yeah, spread awareness for Crusader of Senti. It's really cute. It's an Atlas game. Atlas published it. I forget who actually made it. Yep. We love Atlas, don't we? Like Atlas super fans here.
2: Okay. I'm
1: trying to remember. It's, it's, it's a weird little.
0: Budai says, it was Noctopath 2, still game of the year safe. uh No. I didn't play that one <laughs> Sorry. yet. Sorry. I didn't it's finish the year then. Here's the
3: kingdom.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, fair. Oh, yeah, th- another game I will have to finish at some point. Yeah, I'm in no so, rush. I'm having a fun time. It, in Tears of the Kingdom, I did complete the Goron and Gerudo areas, um, and I did get the, you know, fast travel points in the other two cities, so I, I went to the, all the goop in the Zora city. So, but I spent a lot of time underground just looking for um pose and trying to get the dark tunic and dark uh, armor of the deep or whatever. So, mm-hmm.
0: You mean so that, that Huge Breath of the Wild DLC game says so someone who has not played the game clearly. Oh god. Let's not a fight. That's a bad fight. Yeah, uh no.
3: It's um, different though. That the
0: geography may be you don't have to similar. Do you don't have to do this.
3: It's, okay. I
1: think uh and could I take turns yeah. antagonizing each other? That's true.
0: So yeah. Breath of the Wild, my dear I updated the thing. Why does it do this? Why why does OBS show me that I've updated the category and then on Twitch it's still showing the wrong category?
1: I'm seeing Stranger of Paradise. Did you F- forget click
3: the done button? No, I clicked the fucking button. Okay.
2: Okay, <laughs> yes. I am
1: seeing Stranger of Paradise for the record.
3: I am too. <laughs> OBS is glitchy sometimes.
0: That's why I spam the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I usually do.
1: In yeah. any case. Um...
0: Yes, I, I'm assuming here that Budai is just antagonizing me because, yeah, if if
2: Tears, you think? if
0: Tears of the Kingdom were a Breath of the Wild DLC, it would be about the size of DLC of like twenty games combined or more.
3: Yeah. So you see, I haven't been antagonizing you and he's filling the power vacuum now. That's it's, true. Yeah.
0: Because well, 'cause so, we're, we're both so,
3: playing games we both like. So so I'm done. Answering the question, Wheels, what have you been playing lately? Well, I.
0: Yeah, we we got that. Before at, you were here. Oh, we well, did. Okay. I, no, I never finished because we talked about Final Fantasy 16, and then we went off on a massive tangent. <laughs> and <laughs> then I started do.
3: whispering chaos into
0: the
2: microphone.
0: Yeah, is kind of really oh, so that's yeah,
2: the time right. loop.
0: Yeah, Budai. Listen, I I think I, I'm gonna get back to Octopath too at some point, and I think it's probably lovely. I just. Maybe he'll win RPG of the year. I mean RP gamer is usually different, but uh yeah, ain't nothing top and Tears of the Kingdom at this point. As far as general any sort of general consensus goes. Uh but yeah, other than Final Fantasy sixteen, I've played a few things. Uh I played today, the new AEW game. AW fight, fight Forever. Fight forever. Uh which is a bit rough around the edges for a first attempt at a new Wrestling franchise. As you'd expect, a first yeah, attempt. Like for this, as an example, if you're wondering what that means, like there's a ladder match, but only one-on-one ladder match, as far as I can see. Uh, yeah, and like some of the creating aspects are a little light, but um, they promised going back to like a more no mercy type style of game, and that's what it plays like. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great start. And uh, if they keep, building... it's a heavily
1: iterative genre anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. If they keep building on this, and um, they've already got a great, great starting point, and we'll see where it goes from here. And I mean, it's this is not like No Mercy, which is an n 64 game. This is something they can update as the year goes on. You know, maybe we'll see more match types thrown in. But um, you know, uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun if you like aw huh? i'd definitely pick it up can i play as sting you can play as sting sting
2: wow.
0: you can play as sting uh let's see let me, what other random things have i been playing um, other than like tears of the kingdom uh i picked up this is not something i intend to play anytime soon but i picked it up just because it's one of those things where a physical copy of this isn't going to be around easily findable and that's front mission uh, the front mission one remake
1: yeah first release oh that that i'd forgotten that that was getting one i saw like amazon was like hey do you want to buy and i was like what when did this happen (laughs)
0: Yeah, just this week. Uh, so yeah, I grab that because uh, try to pick that up before it disappears. Uh, not published by Square Enix, or do, doesn't have the name Square Enix anywhere on the box.
1: Yeah, I think it was like some sort of boutique pub, like group that got the rights to do the uh, to to do the physical release.
0: Yeah, uh, played it very briefly. It seems very nice. I'll play it sometime in the future, but yeah, again, just... Yeah, it's just front mission, baby. Yeah, just grabbing that while it exists and is readily available. It's a, little, a nice little package. Oh, so Microids!
1: I can... that's, a, that's another one of those companies that's like, where did you come from? You've suddenly like, just been making moves. But a printed, weird moves. It has a printed manual. Yeah, are... you can tell that if, you, if you're doing like a printed manual, you can tell that they've made a very boutique product. Yeah.
0: <laughs> as far as stuff I've actually played, I've uh, been playing some more Remnant from the Ashes. and Getting ready for two. Well, um, like
1: Remnant from the Ashes.
0: I decided to give up on the boss I, I was stuck at and reset my world, so I've been going through... Replaying some of the areas I had beaten previously and am fighting all new bosses and seeing new bits of area. So that's
2: cool.
1: We're in. Uh,
0: and that's generally a cool thing to do in a game like this. Like, imagine, imagine if you could... Replay Dark Souls, but suddenly it's different bosses and slightly like rent rejiggered areas And that's kind of what this is it's neat (laughs) and You know, obviously the different bosses get you different loot, which it generally turns into being able to craft different weapon and armor, so That's cool Uh, So I'm looking forward to Remnant 2
1: Remnant yeah. Zoo!
0: She'll be streaming for in some form because I'm going to buy it for all the elves that'll play it. Joe. Yep, yeah, it'll end very poorly for us all. Joe, what... What do I have to do to get you into Remnant 2 today? Um,
1: I don't
3: know. I play played... Um, <laughs> no. What's your first name, Mr. Burns? I don't know. Um. Well... I played Remnant 1 just because it was on Game Pass, and I found it to be very lacking. It um, seemed like it was trying to be Bloodborne, but just wasn't quite pulling it off.
0: It's not trying to be Bloodborne.
3: Fine. and But then, the Souls clone that I really liked was that other one from Bandai Namco. Code... Um, what was Goat that vein. called? Yes, I thought Code Vein was quite good, but I did not like Remnant from the Ashes, no. Because uh, it's, it's not a, totally a Souls
0: clone? It's not really... It, it takes stuff from the Souls games, but it's not, like, totally... Hardly a clone. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't know. Um, And then, didn't you want to play uh that other... What was that other one, the... The souls like uh, outer space one. Oh, that's the more psychic cycl- yeah,
1: uh, Something. The search?
3: Hell something.
1: Hell that loose? Hell point. No, that's different.
3: Yeah, Hell point. <laughs> so, Hell point was another one where I think you said, oh, hey, we could play that together. And I'm like, or we could not. Um, yeah. Yeah, remnant. Somebody, g- <laughs> get somebody gifted copy. it to me. Somebody gifted me. Help point, and I appreciate gifts, and I was thankful for it, and I think it might have been on my Steam wishlist at, at that point in time, and I got as far as I could, I really did, but, you know, you get to this boss fight where you're fighting two people at once, and they can both kill you in, like, one or two hits, it's like, yeah, no, this isn't working for me. Anyhow. Yeah, no,
0: remnants more, sort of sh- shooty souls, not quite. Mm. Ah. Uh-huh. And much easier co-op. Like, you just create a game and you join it together. You don't have to do any of the nonsense. Mm. Just watch the trailer for Remnant 2. Go watch it now.
1: I'll wait. It's a beautiful world we're living.
2: (laughs) Anyway,
0: what else have we been playing? Uh, There's the kingdom... That's about it, Take a good look. some destiny, but not much destiny this week. Because they didn't increase the power level this season, so I get a break.
1: You're free, free for free. summer of Falcons.
0: Yes, I'm free for the summer. Oh, yes, I played some East Nine.
2: Yeah, and realized oh, wow. I that will.
0: my paradigm yeah. for playing all East is on hard doesn't necessarily apply to the more modern ones and I should stop playing them on hard.
3: East Nine is another game I definitely want to stream in July and go back and finish. And
0: and,
3: but then and I'm like I'm trying to come up with a list of, you know, my my programming schedule, if you will, and it's like let's see, well maybe Trials of Mana, maybe Atelier Riza, maybe uh, you know,
1: there aren't enough hours in the day.
3: There just aren't. Nope. Play tries of mana. Oh, I'll probably play the Steam version of Chrono Trigger, which I, I I, don't know, might might or might not be bad.
2: Play trials of mana,
3: buy it. Get us some more
0: mana games, even though it seemed to sell really well and we have not had any more mana games, so...
1: It's only <laughs> been a, it's it only been a couple years. They it might just true. be taking their time. It's true. Listen. If they if they continue going in the fashion they have been, sure, notably, they're going to need to
0: demoed it at PAX several weeks before everything shut down.
1: What, trials honor
0: Yes, I demoed it in PAX in 2020.
1: Yeah, I remember playing that and FF Seven Remake at a PAX, presumably 2019. Must have been uh august of that year the whole world turned to shit <laughs> uh, yeah I was, I was very excited to play f7 remake and politely excited to play trials <laughs> <laughs> but it was good i was impressed by it And felt like they had learned the right lesson from the secret of mana remake which is we don't just need to play the same game again the other game already exists <laughs>
0: Yes, don't make the same game only kind of worse in the process.
3: But I said, hell point uh, yeah. was
0: oddly maze-like. That doesn't sound.
3: That bodes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it. It is. It gets. I got to this area where I'm like, where the fuck do I go? And that's when I. So I ran into that that boss fight once that I couldn't beat, and then I couldn't remember how to get back to it. And then I gave up.
1: So, we've all been there. Yep. Okay. Let me. i
2: will check. Oh, the did, podcast. did
1: our buddy
3: Fanboy Master talk about what he's been playing lately? Uh, uh
1: I briefly touched on the fact that I did a quick run through of FF One, and oh, you the, did. That's right. the epilogue is, as mentioned, trying desperately to create a plot essentially from whole cloth while keeping in line with the, like, one thing that Chaos said that didn't make any goddamn sense, and trying to explain it only makes it more confusing. <laughs> um, and then I jumped straight into FF2. That's right. And I am okay. three-quarters of the way through FF2. Sweet. Uh, and I still really like FF2. I think it's uh, the underrated. Screw once you, once you get past the initial hump, uh, you need to do, do a little bit of grinding, as is common for games of that vintage. Uh, it, the, the thing kind of, in any of the modern versions, the thing kind of drives itself. You uh, There there are points where you might need to do a bit of grinding for stats if you've gotten unlucky, but it's ultimately not particularly onerous, and uh, it, it's just... You know, it's it's really interesting to play the first one. That's like fully freeform character design, uh, character growth, and uh, like defined characters and an actual plot. <laughs> like that's uh, it's it's wild how much that so much of the series is kind of taking cues from two. Uh, but yeah, and it has like that really wild uh like keyword system. It's pretty interesting. I don't think anyone uh, fully, fully had guessed, uh, fully appreciates how interesting that system actually was, and I think it would have been kind of neat to see them uh, try to sort of do more with it. But we are we are far from when that made sense. Uh, it's merely as simple what could have been. But yeah. Um, it's a, it's a neat game. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, it's got- it's pretty wild that partway through that game, you can see that a bunch of towns have been just utterly destroyed by the Empire. And, like, the game doesn't really draw a ton of attention to this fact. It's just like, oh, all well, the tile sets changed to indicate that the fucking Empire's dreadnought launched and started blowing the shit out of every town that seemed like it had rival sympathies. That's kind of awesome. It's like, yeah, like, that's rad and like just a just a world choice not
2: uh
1: anything uh no more no less it's it's really cool if we can but yeah like that's that's really neat and i think that the game honestly has a lot of good details like that but yeah so big fan of ff2 uh once I'm finished with, that, I want to try to roll credits on some of the other Final Fantasies that I've gotten to the end of, like gotten to end game, and then for whatever reason, like lost interest, or in one case, my copy of the game got stolen, uh, and have thus never actually rolled credits on. Uh, so uh, I'll be trying to time to, try to do that. I really. Uh, I think that's going to involve me jumping, since I don't have a copy of F three to hand. Uh, that's going to involve me jumping from F of two to F of eight. But what you're going to do? Uh, eight is notably not one of my favorites. It's one that I've always, that I often want to revisit to Main, like really give to really give a fair shake, but. I can never determine how I actually want to approach it, because getting magic is a huge albatross.
0: The way I approached it was, I got the guide and just followed that to get me through the game as smoothly as
1: possible. <laughs> I think FF8, like, my biggest problem with FF8 is that its design is such that it actually it encourages players to play it in a way that's not fun, just by virtue of the fact that you have a ton of really opaque systems. They're like, this is the uh, you you junction spells to your stats, and you get the ability to junction to stats by leveling up your guardian forces. And your guardian forces are also how you, the best way to get spells because they refine items into spells of their element. There's all sorts of, uh, or you can refine cards into spells and like that's really strong, but that involves playing the card game that sucks shit. Um, it's, it's just a lot of things where it's like, I don't know, like you, you could have stood to, cut like i think a full two layers of complexity out of this and probably should have also just instead of using the word junction just said equip just say you equip spells to your stats that's that probably would have demystified a lot of the system but the issue is that because the system is so weird and mystifying a lot of people just end up using guardian forces over and over and over because you know that makes sense. They do a lot of damage. They protect you from damage, but they take forever and they make the game a slog.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Like, that was just... You you need to... There is, to some degree, a duty of care in terms of encourage the player to play the game in a way that will actually be
2: fun. (laughs) Uh...
1: Uh, its assets were decent, but mechanically you realize it's busted when you know what's going on people seem to love that card game too, but it's not good in hindsight, yeah, I, I don't understand the love of Triple Triad, it's not a very good card game um, and it's like it doesn't per se need to be a great card game but like, I've seen people that are just like oh, I'm just going to play Triple Triad through the entire game and have just tons of fun doing that, I cannot even fathom that but, Triad I was in 14, wasn't it? Yeah, they threw a Triple Triad in there because it's a fan favorite, and that's what fourteen does. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Like, it's it's very hard because like, it's not even the enemies scale with you. Like, that's irritating, but it's whatever. It's the enemies gain stats faster than you <laughs> that makes it so vexing. <laughs> Like, if you go from level 1 to level 99 without doing a bunch of, like, devouring or getting the stat plus uh, abilities and keeping them equipped at all times, you run into the issue that your lower level, that your character's are just permanently hobbled in terms of stats compared to the enemies, because essentially the enemies gain stats in a two-to-one fashion comparative to the players. And it's just like, well, that just feels bad. So it's like, well, obviously I don't want to gain levels at any point, because that, that that only hurts me. So I guess I just need to fucking get Encounter None as soon as possible, draw whatever spells I need to, and just try to have fun that way, and I guess I'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's it's a very frustrating game. It's a very, very frustrating game. But yeah, I'll do eight and nine. Nine is the one that I had stolen when I was in Memoria. So... No, uh, never never got to roll credits on nine, so I'll try to do nine, and then I'll do twelve. Which I don't, I don't trust my ability to get through twelve. I don't know what it is; the game just puts me to sleep. <laughs> it's not bad. I just can't. I just lose interest. It always happens right around the time when uh, what's his fucking name, first guy, the first guest character with the great sword, which is goddamn name that guy uh Vossler yeah right around the time he betrays you I get bored and I it like I, I've pushed through that point occasionally and it never lasts much longer than that it's just like I don't I don't I don't have enough reason to care I don't care enough I'm sorry <laughs> I don't know why I, I can never fully place what it is about that game but it it just puts me to sleep every goddamn time <laughs> But I wanna understand. I desperately wish to understand. We'll see. Um but yeah. Nation plans, we'll see what happens. Best light plans. Um let's see. Check in the Discord for any questions. Started so, uh, some people talking about Gloomhaven.
3: In yeah. chat, but I think I know Wheel's answer to that one what's the question what games other than 8 have a high production value and maybe cool art assets but doesn't work for you mechanically you're probably going to say 13-2 right <laughs>
2: Uh, high production value right I think it looks minor. worse oh. than,
0: than the first game in the series so.
1: Okay, 13.2 is definitely a game that was sort of made out of reconstituted assets yeah. okay. so.
0: I, the only nice thing I ever say about 13.2 is the soundtrack which is a banger
3: Yeah, yeah I know it's an awesome soundtrack yeah. I
1: still have it. games that just don't work for me mechanically like Twelve might be one of them for me. Like, I get how gambits work, I just don't find them interesting. <laughs> uh, and uh, just everything else. Like, it's it's very well constructed, but it never really comes together for me. I.
3: It's not that I don't like Fifteen, I have played some of it, but... The combat didn't really click for me in that game, for some reason.
1: It's definitely compromised from what it was conceived as, which is a bit of a shame. I think that the world makes up for it, but it all depends upon what your priorities are. So, I
3: mean, it's a game I really enjoy playing until I get into a fight, and then I'm like, oh, okay
1: yeah i like the parts where they're
3: just driving in the car and taking pictures and going to gas stations and stuff just
1: it's it's fun to listen to them just sort of yeah (laughs) ramble at each other
3: and then i like the um you have all the different radio stations to choose from all the songs you can get and it's pretty neat i always remember old songs
1: I always remember getting to that resort area at the beginning of the game, and they're talking about, like, You're going off to meet your fiancé, but you get to go to the resort with us! Mm-hmm. It, it just felt very, like, yeah, that's that's what that kind of, this kind of group of dudes would start, like, going after it. It would start fucking around with each other about.
2: Uh,
1: let's see... Budai brings up Legend of Dragoon at the time, was pretty decent production-wise, but not fond of it on its base merits. It's it's a really undercooked game, <laughs> if anyone actually uh, plays any Legend of Dragoon.
0: Also a like, game I it... don't think looks very
3: nice.
1: It was very high budget for what it was, so I understand Budai bringing it up. Is, what are you saying, Joe? Um,
3: is Legend of Dragoon fixed on PS5, or is it still glitched?
1: I have not oh, yeah. checked in. I assume okay, it I, eventually got patched.
3: I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking <laughs> Sorry, care. Why? <what's> your...
0: <laughs> I um, hope it's still bugged so people don't have to play it.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why would they have to play it just because it wasn't buggy?
0: <laughs> no, I just mean it prevents them from torturing themselves.
1: Uh, that's never stopped anyone. That's true.
0: I just. Yeah, there... there's a game that I eternally do not understand the appeal of.
1: Uh, it helps a lot if you are exactly the right age to have been really into FF Seven just after you were really into Power Rangers.
0: See, I I would fit that demographic, and I still think it's garbage.
1: I didn't say it made it always work, but it helps. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, because, like the the Dragoon shit is extremely like. Power Rangers Tokusatsu transformation. <laughs> Let's see. Legend of Mana is beautiful, but can't wrap my head around some of it. It's that's kind of the point. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Legend of Mana, like re-release came out after Trials of Mana. They're still they're still beating on Mana.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Even if it's probably the most
1: interesting game in the series, yeah, that's a game, definitely
0: that's a game that you you don't really want to play necessarily i know this is sound weird it's a game you don't want to you want to play like something you don't necessarily plan on beating If that makes any sense
1: it's a game to drink in but not necessarily to go out with a concerted like i need to finish this yeah <laughs> it's it's very much a, the kind of game that i feel the philosophy of like you don't owe the game reaching its ending just like Eat as much Legend of Mana as you have space for, and that's probably the best way to approach it. You'll get the most joy from it. <laughs> yeah. That um,
3: PS1 RPG where you had like, I don't know, six or seven different characters. Was it Saga Frontier, maybe, yes. or something? You're
1: thinking of Saga Frontier, although that was relatively low budget by Square standards.
3: Yeah, I, I played a little bit of that, and it seemed kind of neat.
1: It's a really interesting game. It's very divisive, as all Saga games are. Uh, saga Frontier 2, if you've never looked at that, that's a really gorgeous PS1 game. Mm. Okay. Probably the most approachable Saga game you're going to get that still feels like a so- Saga game.
3: Yeah. No, and I'm really looking forward to that Star Ocean 2 remake. That just, oh, like... So... so nice. It just blew my mind, because, like so a, a long time ago I don't know like 10 years ago or whatever when I was just there I, I went through a phase where I was collecting for like every console I was collecting for Dreamcast mm, you're just Saturn accumulating games <laughs> I was just accumulating games for like nine different consoles and I remember going into like a used game store and you know how they put the nicer games in the glass case and they're usually yeah. a little more expensive well I just remember seeing, star ocean second story for ps1 and they wanted i don't know 30 or 40 or i don't know they wanted some ridiculous amount of money for it but i was like i want that and i played it and i'm like this is really neat you know
2: it's it's
1: like it's got like a lot of little bits of like the the weird things you can get up to in uh western style rpg but still like built into the structural skeleton of a japanese style rpg it's a really interesting game also i just want to bring up star in the second story r is like one of the first games in the franchise to maintain the very star trek looking font on the on the uh on the uh english logo like, if you go back and look at any of the original Star Ocean games, they all have this incredibly Star Trek-looking font. And then the English versions do their best to scrub that out for a very long time. My. Oh, my. (laughs) Star Ocean 1 has some Star Trek vibes to it. Yeah, Star Ocean 1 and 2 in particular have a ton of Star Trek. Like, it's obvious why they use that font. It's it owes a lot of its existence to Star Trek. They fucking, like, fucking Ronix, who's the dad of the protagonist of two, of one of the protagonists of two, and one of the core party members of one, is, like, a weird fusion of Kirk and Spock. And, like, they they really, uh, they really, you know, the, the Star, Star Ocean 1 is kind of a Grand Star Trek plot, except told from the perspective of one of the planets that's being visited rather than the starship captain. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's kind of neat. Yeah, like it's really cool. I love Star Ocean 1 and 2 for just like their, you know, unabashed, like weird fusions of, you know, fantasy Japanese RPG and Star Trek shit. <laughs> like it owns. Uh, and I just, I love all of the stupid shit you can get up to in Star Ocean 2. I can't wait to replay that. I love that game with all of my heart and soul. Uh, can't wait, can't wait. Um, let's see, I want to hit some of the questions that we missed last week.
2: Okay.
1: Ah, uh, I wanna hit some of the ones that are the most directly related to RPGs. We're gonna have to go back to these again because there's some stuff that I don't have to think about the answer to and I was very tired. Uh how many games have the balls to end with a conversation with the villains instead of a final battle? And please know Bioware, Bethesda, and Fable games. Well, I don't think Fable, any of them, let you just talk to the villain because Fable is very much gesturing at a Oh, and Well, you left out Obsidian
0: so we can talk about um, uh, other worlds. That, so. like,
1: that feels like cheating. Yeah,
0: it's not, I didn't list it. it's, it's not on the
1: list. It's not on the list.
0: Yeah, that is very much a game I beat by talking talking the villain out of their bullshit
1: yeah you can see kind of the same thing in uh the old uh black isle uh fallout games which is probably part of what i were getting at because like i would point out i don't think there's any bioware or bethesda game where you can actually get away with just talking to the villain they always have their cake and eat it and how you fight them Uh, Black Isle and Obsidian definitely have have done this. Uh, it's like the, the conversation you can have at the end of Fallout 1 where you just sort of point out that the villain's plan doesn't actually work or make any sense and he just sort of blows himself up. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Joe? No, I was asking what game he
3: referenced. I didn't catch it.
1: Oh, he was, just, he was just asking for games where you can just talk to the villain rather than having a final I mean, battle with them.
3: No, I mean, wheel said Obsidian and then something else. And I the Outer Worlds. Oh, okay, I didn't beat that one. Okay. Mm. Um, No, I remember in Fallout 3, there was, like, a computer that you could talk to, and I talked him into blowing himself
2: up, yeah. Yeah, that's about yeah, that, soft, so.
3: yeah. That's That
0: about sums sort up of my opinion of that game. Wanting to blow up my computer.
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah, it's really only Black Isle and Obsidian that have ever really let you do this and games that are inspired by them. So, like, I think there are some indie RPGs that are more recent that let you do this kind of thing. But in AAA space, it's really hard to get someone to uh, accept that idea. I think the closest thing I can think of to this is. Deus Ex Human Revolution doesn't really have a final boss, and the closest thing to it is a conversation where you're sort of talking to the guy who made the, who really like created the augmentations around that, and you're having like a really like a conversation where you're trying to be persuasive to him, and like it goes into the like boss dialogue system that they set up for that game that I thought was kind of neat, and it still has one of my favorite reactions that I've that you can get in a game. Uh, where if you use the bioaugmentation that uh, allows you to like breeze through conversations in most other parts of the game, because it just like blasts pheromones out into the uh, uh, out into the atmosphere to make you more agreeable to the person you're talking to, he'll just uh, say that he knows what you're doing and call you a sociopath for trying it. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, Human Revolution. Uh, the vanilla release really bungled the other bosses, but that final confrontation that is basically only uh, a uh, a conversation is really good, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that would be my immediate thought for uh, one, because, like... There's, there's no... Uh, that, that one I would bring up because it's not even just an option. There's no equivalent to a final boss in that game, as far as I recall. And maybe I'm just forgetting it. Maybe I've completely wiped an actual final boss from my brain. But as, as I recall, like the final level, you, you have that, like... You have a key conversation with him, and then it kind of plops you in front of the choose-your-ending thing. And there's all sorts of debates to be had about that ending... I think that that ending is probably unfinished, but at the same time, I think it's honestly better than a lot of unfinished endings by virtue of the fact that it really doesn't give you anything. It just gives you the philosophy of the ending you chose and no information about what that may have actually led to. But yeah, that would be that would be what I would come up with for that.
3: I've talked um, about this before, but... Um... Right at the beginning of Pillars of Eternity Two, you have a conversation mm-hmm. with one of the gods, and if you pick mm-hmm. specific dialogue options, it rolls credits and you get um, reincarnated as a wolf, and that's it. The <laughs> game ends. Yeah, you refuse to do the quest, and she said, "Okay, you're going back to the back to the wheel," and you reincarnate as an animal.
2: Yeah, I'm
1: always I'm always a fan of any time that a game has a choice at the beginning where one of the options is to simply not take part uh we've brought it up before metal saga has the option at the beginning your mom just asks you hey do you just want to you know keep working in the garage for the rest of your life and you can say yes and then you just get an ending that just says yeah you lived a fairly uninteresting life uh working in your mom's mom's like fucking garage or uh one of my personal favorites uh, the matrix path of neo starts with you getting to choose whether to take the red pill or the blue pill oh. if you take the if you take the blue pill you just, you just immediately came over like fucking morpheus just gets really disappointed and he's like well that's your choice and then you just immediately came over <laughs> matrix path of neo is actually surprisingly good
3: did, did you see the episode of the office when jim pranks dwight tries to make him think he's in the matrix and hank the security guard is morpheus and (laughs) but then then dwight picks the blue pill and jim's like looks over to pam he's like i had a whole day planned i spent so much money on this i got so many people roped (laughs) into this and he picked the blue pill (laughs) (laughs) that's great
1: it was when when like half the joke would be just like dwight short-circuiting a fucking prank by virtue of just being so baffling in terms of his mental makeup. Unpredictable. Yep. Uh, Budai says, Star Ocean 5 was better than gets credit for. I agree. I think it was pretty good.
3: Was that Integrity and Faithlessness?
1: Yeah, that's Integrity and Faithlessness.
3: I didn't play that one.
1: That's pretty good. It's not amazing, But, but it's pretty good.
3: But people liked um... Was there a positive consensus on the newest Divine one? Divine Force?
1: People seem to yeah. like Divine Force. I still need to get around to it. OK. I've played a few hours of it, and I liked what I played. I just, you know, yeah. it's very hard I've for me to play it... PS5 games.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen
3: it on sale a bunch of times, and it's on every platform, but like, I just I didn't pick it up yet.
2: And mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And then the, I the other one I, I didn't get around to playing yet. I, I wanted to pick up Soul Hackers too because I did have it on Game Pass, but then I got rid of Game Pass, and so now I'm like, gee, maybe I should just buy it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Integrity and Faithlessness was a very well executed game that sort of like reinstilled in me that like Star Ocean was never going to be the game that I wanted uh, when I had first played Star Ocean 2 and I wanted to see, like, a million sequels to that. Like, it can never be that again, but it can still be interesting in its own little thing uh, on its own terms now, and I'm at peace with that, and I enjoy what it is now. So After a while, it, it found its groove again. It's a different groove than I would have necessarily wanted, but I think it's good. Good. Also, it looks like Bicky is kicking your ass over and over. Mm-hmm. GG's. Um,
3: Actually, I wasn't even watching the stream. I'm, I'm putting in my grocery order. Okay. <laughs>
1: That's probably fine. Yeah. Uh, let's hit some more questions before we all fall asleep. Uh, am I weird to appreciate Undertale for not trying to lecture the play- player about what I choose? If it were me, I'd absolutely go full Mark Miller on them and commenting on the meta-narrative and you are the problem. It kind of does, but only if you're making really, really bad choices. Uh, like, the, the entire nature of a, of a run where you kill everything ends up being the game sort of, like... It, it's just not as overt as just saying, wow, what a fucker, but it is very much like... It, it's sort of questioning the player's motivations about, like, why are you doing this? What what are you getting out of this? Uh, it's just uh, it doesn't... It's not prosaic about saying like, "Wow, what a bad person for having done this." It's more just like, sort of trying to get you to question what caused you to make the choices that you did, uh, which I, I think is generally slightly more interesting than, uh, than getting directly on the soapbox to yell at the player for having made a choice. You gave them that choice, so. Uh, a more honest question is to ask: Why did they take it? <laughs> uh, how do the Turks of FF7 manage to achieve what they? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I get your question, Budai. he's asking: How do the Turks of FF7 manage to achieve what they do as being cool? I. Did, I'm not sure if he means perceive or what. Uh, I'll, I'll need you to clarify that one, Budai. But yeah, I would say that when a game gives you uh, an option, mm-hmm. one of the least useful uh, things it can say in response uh, to you taking it is, how could you? Because in general, like it, they're the ones that gave you the option. Right. And a much better question that I think Undertale asks is, why did you? <laughs> uh because instead of being accusatory it's more just a like a, a much more honest question of like yeah you had the option but it's unclear why you took it <laughs> uh and i think that that's that's the more honest dialogue that a game can have with the player okay that's it. uh these other questions are going to be a bit long to answer, so we're going to shunt them back one more week, and we're going to hit one or two questions in the big question list to follow on from our uh, New Year's resolutions, and then probably probably go to bed because I think Wheels' gameplay is being affected by being tired. No, <laughs> or, well, being I'm being. We're giving, we are giving you the benefit of doubt, yes. We're <laughs> giving, you, giving you an out. Don't, this pirate is kick my ass. <laughs> you love BK. Motherf- uh.
0: Motherfucker!
3: can't quick time event me without giving me a quick time event prompt. It's bullshit. <laughs> time events never went away. They just stopped telling you what to press and when.
1: <laughs> Is there any game that trolls the players by pressing them to make a quick decision while at the same time presenting a boatload of choices, most of which only lead to failure? Uh, not usually RPGs. Uh, I've definitely seen games that have pulled this trick or just made the joke that there's like a million qu- options. Uh, I remember... One of Suda's early adventure games has a point where there's just like a hundred options presented to you, and all of them lead to an ending <laughs> uh and that's kind of the game just trolling you uh let's see can I think of any others that are uh presenting just like a boatload of options, most of which end in failure. There's a lot of uh, you're looking for things that are heavily reactive at that point. Uh, Like I said, a lot of this really
0: expects you to make a quick choice. Budai says,
1: trying to remember which choice Budai is thinking of.
2: Uh, There's.
1: Uh, there's a few of these in actually in Radiant Historia, although the game actually expects you to go back in time and make all of those choices <laughs> to get its true ending. But there are definitely a few points where, like, the game suddenly thrusts a choice at you, and picking wrong will just have the game say, but that choice was wrong, and the war that was being fought became impossible. Uh, from that moment forward. And it uses that to sort of cut off plot branches because the nature of its plot uh, kind of requires it. But like, to get the true ending in that game, you have to see every node on the timeline, and that means having to go back and uh, to go back and uh, make all of those wrong choices at least once so it maybe doesn't count. You could make an argument that there are aspects of this within the tact, the original tactics Ogre, uh, let us cling together, where there's a lot of stuff that like. The, those choices don't end in per se failure, but there's a lot of unintended consequences and horrible deaths that will follow any choice in Tactics Ogre. Mm.
0: I present to you the time where I have replayed a dialogue tree like probably almost ten times trying to resolve it without a character committing suicide.
1: <laughs> yeah. I seem to recall you just have to be on a different... Path together to resolve that no, happily. I was, I was eventually unquote. able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So that might be a good example as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. T- tactics over. I wouldn't call that trolling, but it is definitely the game is fucking with you. Yeah, and trying to present a situation that is extremely difficult to resolve. Uh. Oh. In a, in a comedic sense of this, there is the Yuffie recruitment in F, the original FF7, oh, yeah. where there's tons of... There's a bunch of dialogue options and a couple of temptations to try to c- convince you into fucking yourself. Uh, like, when you, uh, when you beat her, you appear in a field area and there's a save point right behind you and that save point is a trick because if you turn your back on her she immediately runs Uh, and then like you get a bunch of dialogue with her and most of in order to actually recruit her most of the dialogue you have to select is telling is essentially implying you aren't terribly interested in recruiting (laughs) Uh, and selecting any of those wrong will instantly lead to failure she will run you'll have to chase her down and fight her again Uh, But yeah, I I would count that as probably the closest thing to this, where, like, there's a bunch of choices you have to make in rapid succession, getting any of them wrong is an instant fail state, and uh, it's definitely the game trolling you. That was a a great way to set up per character uh, within the context of that game.
3: Yeah, that's another thing I got to do the FF7 intergrade. Yeah. yeah. I bought it and played it for a little bit and then they made me do that tutorial for that weird kind of board game type thing and it was like, oh, I don't feel like doing oh, this. Oh, Fort Condor. Yeah. No, it it was kind of neat, but I was like, that's not what I wanted to do today. Okay, but
1: Yeah, it just but made I... me happy that they actually acknowledged that mini game, that terrible mini game.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Because the, the original had the Fort Condor mini game that you could do, and most people play it once when the game requires them to, and then never again. <laughs>
2: yep. but, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I need to do integrate as well. I was kind of sitting on it because I was waiting, you know, because I didn't know how long it would take for part two to happen. And now we know that it sure. comes out in nine months, so I need to actually sit down and finish integrate. And
3: get, that's launching as an a,
1: official release date. It's just early twenty twenty four. Okay.
3: And thats that PS5
1: exclusive PS5 at launch? PS5 exclusive yes. at launch.
3: Okay.
1: I suspect it will be on PC about a year later.
3: And it's going to be
1: guess. two discs? Two yes. hundred gigabyte. How grays.
3: the hell did that happen? What a game!
2: Jay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't even okay. imagine. It helps well, that I they would... can probably reuse a lot of assets from the yeah. first one.
3: Well, I mean, I got a digital copy of 7 Remake, so it's like, well, maybe I'll just buy it digital, then I don't need any discs. How about that?
1: Yeah, and just enjoy downloading over 100 gigabytes.
3: Yeah, yeah you know. Why is check- that becoming oh. normal? Well, blame Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like
1: 7 Rebirth I'll at least give, like, there's a lot... It looks like there's a lot of game there. But, and that's, that's like, I don't Feel like say Mortal Kombat that one has any business being over a hundred yeah. gigabytes, but it is.
0: Notification yeah. of mm-hmm. some kind. Can you check the RP Gamer channel? Did someone just follow? Yeah, I'm checking.
1: I'm checking. Uh, let's see, RP Gamer Fancom is rating with Party Forty Three. What the? What? what? Fools. Who? Who? RPG. F- yeah. Oh, it's Fancom.
0: It RPG... Oh, RPG fan.
1: RPG fan community, I presume. Oh, welcome! Welcome, welcome! Welcome.
0: I'm sorry. This is like, like (laughs) the worst possible RPG ever streamed.
1: You're you're watching Wheels badly play Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin while we ramble over while recording a podcast.
0: Yes, this is Uh, is also a podcast recording, and it's also on two different Twitch channels at the same time, and my video. My vidcam vid cam is on the other channel, so you you just only see gameplay.
1: Seeing a like half frame rate gameplay. I'm so sorry, but RPG Fancom says it's all good. I'm so sorry, but also, also appreciate it. Yeah, we we always uh, nothing but friendly rivalry with RPG fans. So. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing 45 viewers on RPG Gamer and three on Ask Wheels. <laughs> it's it's shrunk down. A yes. number of them
1: left, and I don't blame them.
2: But yeah, so uh, I tend well, to
3: watch Ask Wheels because I'm subscribed and I don't have to watch ads.
1: Good choice. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, to hit the to hit the rest of this question, uh, or to hit another question before we close things out. You know, even in games that depict different religions, races, and nations having a unique pantheon for each of their own, there's always one true version of the creation myth. Uh, Why couldn't each of them have their own distinctly different creation myth and none of them is completely true or even outright fabricated? I think you run into the issue, uh, just in terms of world-building, is that this conservation of detail ends up happening. So you end up with this idea of, like... If you put a lot of emphasis on the various religions and like pantheons that cultures follow, you inevitably end up running into sort of two options. You've got the everyone, like there's one religion that essentially is united around the world. Or you have the option of there's a bunch of religions, but if we're going to give enough space in the story to actually flesh some of them out you kind of run into well now the story sort of has to be about this uh, to some greater or lesser extent at least it needs to build, make up a significant uh, quest chain even if it's not the main story and thus because RPG writers often don't have a sense of restraint now you need to like well if we talked about all these gubs, surely some players want to fight them and that inevitably makes a central creation myth true. <laughs>
0: oh man! Audience or at least true elf. enough. That's that's it's cool. This game whirls.
1: <laughs> do you do you remember who the dark elf is in FF one? Vaguely, his name's Astos. Vaguely, surely you remember Astos. I do. Yeah. Budai um, asks, how much do you think Nintendo or early companies push or leaned on players' guides needing to exist back then? Uh, I think they actually were, like, certainly they didn't mind selling you a player's guide, but I think it was more that that was how you made a game long. That was how you made people not complain that they had finished a game like a few days after buying it like you're so you know and there is also i had a look at this you're at least going back to say you know tower of druaga was a it's the easy thing to point to that's an arcade game and it's it's 1984. It's very early. There's not a like notion of a player's guide market to sell to. But you kept players playing because they had, you know, you, you needed to say they wanted to be able to finish the game, and that made the game longer. It was just being inexplicable. <laughs>
4: so I would, I would. Oh, hey, oh, Gaijin. Gaijin. Good to hear your voice again. I, I have a voice. Yeah, yeah. We were a little worried. And for if you it. think this sounds rough, you should—you would not have heard me last week.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I—I I think
4: you would have just been inaudible last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I—I could—I could communicate in whispers.
2: Mm-hmm. Jeez, but the, that... the
4: loudest noise I could make to get my daughter's attention was. Psh! <laughs> I could not manage anything with a glossal stop at all. <laughs>
1: I'm glad that you seem to be on the road to recovery, at least.
4: Unfortunately, I seem to be having a negative reaction to my anti-inflammatory medicine. Oh no! <sighs> yeah, I've been—I've been. It's not been a fun last hour or so. Oof. Uh, I just googled this and found the list of symptoms. I'm like, I think I'm feeling half of these right now.
1: Uh, I took a. I took a, and say about. A decade ago for a minor irritation and it was honestly it felt like the cure was worse than the disease so I understand
4: I mean in this case I mean the cure is definitely better than the disease but it's mm-hmm. a acid Ugh. which is I mean it's a common anti-inflammatory but it also has among other things headache throbbing joint pain muscle cramping have I've had that multiple times this week pills or fever yeah,
1: I'm. Um, yeah, yeah. I had to take an anti-inflammatory, like, like I said, around that time. And I think the the most salient issue for me was that this one caused nausea, like really bad nausea. I yeah. was just miserable the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Like two hundred milligrams of Advil at a
4: time. Yeah, mm. this is two hundred fifty milligrams. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, so... It also but, yeah. says
4: in half an hour of eating lunch and I kind of accidentally waited an hour, I waited two hours after lunch to eat take it by accident. Oh, boy. Probably helped. Yeah, I mean, like, I started feeling awful within ten minutes. Yeah. To the point where my partner teacher just told me to go back to the teacher's room and rest. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah.
1: But yeah, to to close out the question that Budai had, I I don't think that I don't think for a very long time, at least up until late in the NES era, they were really designing around selling you a player's guide per se, so much as that they were designing around if the game is complicated and opaque, you take longer to finish it.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
3: What about um what about Gauntlet? What I about? Just, God, I don't know. I, I'm just saying. What I about? just watched a spider needs food. I watched a, I watched a speed Elf run where they knew. Badly. Yeah, in a speed run, they knew exactly which, which doors to go to through. <laughs> but it's like, wait a minute, you can get all the way to like floor ninety nine, and then have the final boss like be like. No, you didn't get the magic code. Screw you. Or or you didn't I get believe the artifact. There's like
1: if there's like an exit to floor like 98 or something that is like there's one of those floors that you essentially have to skip. Like you have to okay. take a hidden exit that skips it because one of those floors is just a complete dead end.
2: Yeah.
3: And then there's uh, a floor that there's a door that will just bring you back to the title screen no matter how much yeah. time you've put into it. And it's like, wow, I would have hated to play that in the
4: arcade. <laughs> yeah, it was 100% but though,
1: like, just
3: it
4: just like makes you play pain. it more. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But did we mention the concept of fun pain?
1: Uh, we've not gone into fun pain. <laughs>
4: just, you know what was fun pain? Bubble Bobble was fun pain. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, fun pain is like
4: the concept behind a lot of the mobile games where it's like they make it just hard enough that you want to put in another 10 jewels to get an immediate try over.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very much the the like... They want to put you in a psychological
4: state where you're like,
1: I'm just... You know, I just need to be a little bit better and I'll win. Hmm. There was a whole South Park episode
3: about that. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. the uh, the Terrence and Philip mobile game was just fun enough, you know, to get you to play and then Stan gets addicted to it and spends thousands of dollars with his parents' credit card and he prays to God and then Satan shows up and explains to him how endorphins and and serotonin works and, and how, you know, you may have a propensity for addiction because your grandfather was kind of an alcoholic and, <laughs> and then Stan shows in the game he's like, son of a bitch, the Canadian devil. and Yeah, I, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's very much like they, they definitely are designed to play upon aspects of uh, that addiction response. Yeah,
2: yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, and certainly there were games that had aspects that were designed on some level or another to sell guides. But I think that for a very long time it was much more the organic. Uh, we we did it because it would make the game late. longer. Yeah. The but mean, how many NES games? games?
3: <laughs> yeah. Like how many NES games were meant to sell Nintendo power? Do you think? You know, I don't know.
1: Probably not a lot of them, just by virtue of the fact that most of them came from Japan, where Nintendo Power didn't exist. <laughs> well, there you mm. go. I did not know that. Uh, the There was something called Nintendo Power in Japan, but it was a very different service. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, that was to... that was for one of the... That was like a Super Famicom uh, rewritable cart thing, wasn't
4: it? think so
1: yeah there were a few things that had that did kind of the same idea so yeah video game distribution service for few Super Famicom and Game Boy operated by Nintendo running in Japan from 1996 to February 2007 imagine
4: <laughs> yeah I remember I remember hearing about when this actually stopped and everyone was like it still existed
1: yeah, like, it would be wild to be one of the last people still getting things through the Nintendo Power Service in Japan, but... Yeah. Uh, you, would, you would buy, like, a cartridge that had rewritable memory, and then you would take it to a store with a Nintendo Power kiosk, and then you would uh, pay a lower fee than, like, for buying a specific cartridge, and it would... ...have a bunch of options for things to copy onto your rewritable cartridge. And the store would provide you a printed copy of the manual.
3: Is that kind of how RPG Maker worked on SNES?
1: No. Wasn't
3: wasn't there something like that on there? Like a cartridge and you could just delete... you make one game and then you had to delete it to
1: make another one, or or no? I think that's closer to what it is, but it wasn't like something you could... There wasn't like a store involved. Okay. That just remind me of tr- of fucking around with RPG Maker on the PS1. That was a really weird product. Um Yeah, I'm not sure I th- what all things... uh but yeah, there there's, there was a lot of stuff that you could just get as Nintendo power cartridges. Like Metal Slater Glory Director's Cut. <laughs> Metal Slater Glory is a uh, Japanese adventure game made by HAL Laboratory. The original is one of the is like one of the largest Famicom games ever made. Uh, the person who directed it, and it's essentially it's pure cre- the, one of the most like direct. Just like this guy made this game. Uh, is essentially like that's the only thing he ever wanted to make like he just made metal slater glory he still posts art of metal (laughs) slater glory sometimes and like that was the only game he ever really put his heart into he just he just wanted to make metal slater glory there's an english translation of the famicom version but not of the super famicom version It's a bit of a shame Mm -hmm. discord so i don't forget because i want to look that up Oh,
3: Metal Slater Glory? Sure. Yeah, I want to see if I can find a ROM or something. Oh yeah, that won't be difficult.
1: I'll drop it into your Discord. Okay, thanks.
3: I do have my own Discord, yeah, and I barely use it. I just, I tell people when I'm gonna stream and then they don't watch and then it's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Listen, I'm very busy. Not doing anything good, but I I am
1: busy. On the other hand, sorry yeah i know i know okay on the other hand i did get to randomly i I may randomly assault you with always sunny quotes if you keep watching it so enjoy that yeah
3: (laughs) oh yeah no charlie wrote a musical nobody writes a musical for no reason he's like of course they do and then at the end it's like oh he was trying to get the course
1: (laughs) of course that's why you did this
3: (laughs) And the the whole episode i'm like I thought Charlie was illiterate. How did he write it? And and then, you, but then you kind of take a closer look at the pages he's handing out, and it's like, yeah, no. It,
2: it can't <laughs>
1: there's a great there's a great episode in like season eight or nine, where like they they get hold of his dream book, and are trying to interpret what the hell he's writing in it. <laughs> the only the only uh, the only words they can make out are that it says. Uh, it's clearly supposed to say Charlie Dreambook on the front, but it seems to read like Chorley Drambach. And they keep finding like truly just insane ramblings that have been written in like fragments of sentences that just say things like denim chicken and worm hat. And uh, that, that episode goes to a very strange place. Recommended, very good. Um, I think we need to <laughs>
3: wrap things up though. It is Yeah, we do definitely need to wrap late. things up. So, yeah, right. let's
1: let's uh, let's start hitting the hay. Uh, Gaijin, you're just in time to tell us about princesses as long as your voice will allow it.
4: Oh well, actually I, I did have some different news on that. Oh, do tell. Um <laughs> well, do a, oh, a friend of a connection thing. Um I'm starting a, a campaign on CrowdFunder. Hmm. Tomorrow, um, <laughs>
0: crowdfunder,
4: yeah, crowdfunder. Um, let's see if I can share this with you. Just, um, um I should see if it's okay, okay to
1: drop that link into the episode description,
4: yeah, I'm uh, was on Twitter with um, who does uh, is related tabletop stuff, mm-hmm. she's running a campaign right now, and so she in touch with the people who run the site because they're doing a young adult fiction uh, crowdfunding mm-hmm. campaign next in, in July. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, we'll have
1: to see if we, if it's okay for us yeah. to put that uh, URL into the episode description.
4: Can't imagine it would be a problem. Be. <laughs> I've, I've already chatted with pause about occasionally mentioning it in the Discord. Okay,
1: excellent. So yeah, uh, if if you wanna support uh, support, you know, good young adult books
4: being written by a dear friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is mostly to help um, for the art the cover art. Mm. You know, it's because it's non trivial uh, expense. Non trivial expense and uh, so I, I would just prefer to keep on supporting actual artists. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a thing right now. Noble cause. Yes. Then hopefully to actually be able to replace my laptop sometime soon. Mm. <sighs> so, so I'm yeah. going to be doing it anyway, but it would really help.
1: Yeah. So support artists both in the in the written word and in the uh, visual mediums. Uh, you know, and support support a dear friend if you've uh, if you've ever enjoyed uh an episode of this podcast uh you know consider kicking a few bucks uh, yeah so that's on uh crowdfunder let me see if i can check this link so i can at least yeah this is this definitely a link we're gonna have to just put in there because the it's a bit hard to just read it out so but yeah uh so give that a look um Let's see, hmm. and of course, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor is still available on Amazon, uh, presumably for the foreseeable future.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: and for some reason, I'm not quite sure why, but several of the paperbacks
2: hmm?
4: have been ridiculously discounted by the Amazon algorithms. Hmm. Oh, that's weird. Like, that... I mean, like, um. The, like we're talking anywhere between forty-one and seventy-six percent off.
0: Oh,
1: well, if you uh, if you I love run. your uh, yeah. print physical uh, books, no, hard to find a better the time. Second, the,
4: second, <laughs> the second one's not changed at all. The hmm. First one's forty-one percent off, and uh, third one is sixty-nine percent, and this one is actually That's... literally seventy-six percent discounted. It actually yeah, like... they're charging less than the print cost at this moment. Yeah, so one, one, one wonders on in with... any of it. Or... I have no like... say in this. I just set the initial price, and the algorithm okay. does the what it does. <laughs> but then that cuts into your profits, then, right? Nope, because I, I actually noticed this for the fourth book last month, and I, I actually paused, and somebody else actually bought copies just to help me check, and it's like, no, I got the two, I got the same. Uh, it wasn't going to be much royalties to begin with, so it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same royalty and definitely a much larger percentage of the cost
1: (laughs) so yeah if you love your uh if you love your physical dead tree books never been a better time (laughs) Mm -hmm. before amazon's mysterious baffling algorithm (laughs) decides to move the prices around again for some reason
4: i mean like literally the second book is still 100% normal price i'm like i'm not sure what's going on here
1: (laughs) Amazon works in truly mysterious ways. Okay. But yeah, uh, low risk for those who love their uh, who love their print editions. Uh, Joe.
3: Um, yes, I am smoke and Joe gamer. So you've probably seen me poking fun at people in the chat if you've been paying attention to the stream, and um, I always do shenanigans on Sunday nights on Ask Wheels. Uh, and I occasionally jump on here to do Q&A quests on RP Gamer. I'm not actually an employee of RP Gamer or anything, but I still am yeah, a, hand a game bum. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm still a fan of the publication, and I do read <laughs> some of the reviews sometimes. And I did write a few reviews way back in the day. That whatever. So, anywho, I am currently on. Twitch.tv slash gamer and on YouTube. So I live stream to Twitch, and then I archive stuff over to YouTube. And that's what I like to do. So I stream all kinds of games. This week was Resident Evil 4 Remake and Sonic Origins Plus. And next month, I want to do a whole bunch of JRPGs. If you've been listening this whole time, you heard me say I may want to do Crusader of Senti. Blade Chronicles 3, Final Fantasy sixteen, Trials of Mana, Atelier Riza. I've got a lot of ideas. I haven't a lot of really games. come up with the full schedule. And I like to stream on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, usually at night. Um, sometimes early, sometimes late. It depends on just whenever I eat dinner and whenever I feel like doing it and, and all that. So hmm. definitely check that out
1: i would also like to say i was not laughing at you uh in specific i was just like your explanation of i do still enjoy the publication was just reminding me of uh Mm -hmm. the episode of simpsons homer is asking all these churches for money and him just saying i know i haven't always been the best jew but i have rented fiddler on the roof and i will watch it (laughs) oh homer Uh, yeah um so yeah, give that, give that a look if you just want to enjoy some uh, some re- enjoyable stream times with dear friend Joe. Uh, and you can also catch VODs on his YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, as for uh, us, uh, I should point out that normally gamer streams are significantly better and more interesting than whatever the fuck we've been doing.
3: Uh, I thought it was fun. I have fun. I'm glad. I'm glad that someone. Yes, you know,
4: I have fun. <laughs> but, I just wish I could be more on more often recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, and hoping, hoping we'll have you for a full episode again soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, there's all sorts of people uh, streaming terrifying roulettes of video games and uh, new games, old obscurities, anything. If you if you like RPGs, there's always. Uh, there's a good chance any given day that you can find something to enjoy on the RPGamer Twitch stream. So, we've uh, uh, determined
3: that Tam always gets stuck with like the weirdest games you can think of. So, I, I
1: don't know if that's stuck with it's or more tough. a reflection of his <laughs>
4: taste. <why>? But
1: <laughs>
3: I was
4: gonna say I I have certainly played weirder games than he has. Okay, it's true, but you don't stream them. <laughs> no. I I am imagining,
1: however just uh streams of like weird obscure japanese ps1 rpgs that are are about mermaids or mountain climbing or something <laughs> okay but uh f- um, perhaps perhaps you can be the first person to uh stream ancient roman power of dark side and actually explain what the hell's going on to english speakers um ancient roman power of dark side infamously shitty ps1 rpg
4: um Okay, I'm gonna to have to been, <laughs>
1: I have been meaning to stream
3: um that Chouaniki game you somebody oh, referenced no. a while
1: back. Uh, there's, there's, there are no. so many Chouanikis. You could be talking okay. about so many. Oh, I'm sorry. Be well, the one with, the,
3: the the guy with no shirt wearing the Viking hat flying sideways and it shooting that like doesn't narrow
1: have... it down even <laughs> slightly.
3: <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs>
2: You could, be okay. talking about I you could be talking about I, You oh,
1: could be talking about Choaniki, Legend of the Holy Protein. uh, uh like, the <laughs> universe's strongest guy. Like, there's so many Choanikis. Okay. Well, I, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. Just just go look at that Wikipedia page. There's a fighting game Choaniki for some reason. Nice. Um, that's, uh, honestly, uh, it's... Chowaniki is inimitable um mm-hmm. yeah
4: so uh, the, the uh the, the Mr. Muscle bosses from Metal Max do a, a good job of they're they're,
1: they're, they're, the, they're they're very much cut from the same cloth um uh, god what was the I'm remembering <laughs> my favorite thing is that like one of the Chowaniki um I remember one of them. Yeah, the ultimate most powerful man in the Milky Way, uh, is one of them. Choniki uh, kyoku muteki ginga saikyo otoko, which yeah, that's that's almost exactly what that means. <laughs> but yes, it is. In fact, it, it's it's also a title that is very much cut from. Uh, the, the same cloth as some of the, like, just straight up uh, weird old in action games that have names like Fist of the North Star, 10 Big Brawls for the Strongest in the Universe. So, it's, uh, it's key, but it's also definitely making, uh, making some jokes at uh, the expense of some other things there as well. But, yeah, uh, you can. Uh, ask us questions for this podcast, Q&A Quest, for those mm. who joined us partway through. Uh, you can ask us questions by either leaving them underneath this uh, underneath the comments section on RP Gamer, or you can ask them via the Discord. Uh, or if you catch us when we're recording, which is typically midnight Eastern, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, on until wheels is falling asleep every thursday uh, you can uh, sorry my brain is failing me uh, you can uh, ask them in the chat of the uh, actual uh, twitch streams either on twitch.tv/askwheels or twitch.tv/rpgamer which we streamed both uh, we also stream uh, a uh, variety stream show on Sundays at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, uh, that we just call Shenanigans. And currently, that is splitting time between uh, trying to persuade wheels to play Falcom games more consistently while uh, playing Street Fighter. Uh, so that's uh, those are always a good time if you for if you enjoy us just sort of yelling at each other and me talking over everyone. So uh, yeah, maybe give that a look. Uh, if you want to ask us questions again, you can ask them in the comments section or in the Arcadia Game or Discord in the podcast section. I want to give a big shout out to uh, RPGFan.com uh, for you know invading us partway through this. Uh, a big shout-out to Budai for asking us questions. As yeah, as actually, a, go check uh,
0: out rpgfan.com if you've never been there, it's a...
1: Yeah. If you, if you like RPGamer, you probably like them, too. Yes. <laughs> uh And... Uh, and inside
0: baseball, well, the rivalry doesn't actually exist, for fun. <laughs> it's
1: all just fun. Yes. Uh, Uh, Let's see. And I also wanted to shout out uh, Fireminer for providing us with many of these questions that we have uh, made use of. As well as uh, first time I've seen them in the chat for Q&A quest, uh, Jay Kalai for keeping us company early in the stream. Ton of fun. So yeah. uh, Ask us questions or don't. or uh, Also, join the Discord community. Even if you don't, want to ask us questions. It's a really nice community. Uh, You can get an invite by going to the community tab of rpgamer.com. But otherwise, I think it's time we said goodbye. So see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Oh, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it, with Roger Clemens clucking all the while.